Welcome back to episode number 39 of Man Chatter. 39. About to get into the 40s. This podcast, I had my boy Jonathan Vallejo calling in. We talked about the men's national team. Talked about Niger. The soldiers killed over there as two former veterans. It was really something that we wanted to cover. Got kind of heavy. A little depressing, man. I'm not going to lie to you. But it was something that we needed to talk about because it was cathartic for us to know what's going on. And at the end of it, we talked about the NBA season and... U.S. Men's National Team, the U-17s World Cup that's going on right now. Really hope you guys enjoy. As always, I appreciate every single one of you that take the time out to listen. I'm a one-man show here. I do it all. I appreciate every single one of you guys. Have a good one. Have a good night and a good weekend. Welcome to the podcast where my guests and I talk about anything and everything from sports, relationships, politics, movies to TV shows, current events, and conspiracy theories. No topic is ever off the limit, and it's always uncensored. I'm Ben Borges, and this is Man Chatter. Hi, man. So what's going on? I know we haven't spoken in a minute. I mean, we talk pretty much or text every day and shit. So a lot's been going on. So what's new with you, my brother? Hey man, uh, man, I've been busy. I mean, uh, sucking dick will do that to you. Sorry. What's up? Huh? No, nothing. Go ahead. I've been traveling a lot over the last month or so. Uh, yeah, I saw Nashville, you. Virginia. I saw you were in a wedding last weekend. What was that? I saw. I said you were at a wedding. I saw you were at a wedding last weekend. Yeah, that was uh, that was a couple of days ago. That's right. Yeah, man, taking a bunch of pictures with a bunch of dudes. I'm sure your wife loved that. Yeah, she approved us. So it was alright. Yeah, weird that like yeah, you, you went to a... as long as I'm uh, the picture, not the catcher, all good. Exactly. You no you got to be the giver, not the taker. You were the hey. take. You were the taker already at FSU. So I figure you should switch it up. Coming from a Kane fan. All right. I mean, understand that. I was, we were there at one of the greatest comebacks in college football history when I had the band and old white people talking shit to me. Talking about, oh, you guys suck when we had Sean Taylor. That was a great game, though, man. I still appreciate you taking me to that game. It was a hell of an experience. Man, yeah, it was back in what, 2000, 2001, right? 2001. The greatest football team ever assembled. <laughs> yep. Greatest college football. Freshman year. Yeah. Greatest, you were living in that dorm and shit. That shit was crazy, man. Yeah, yeah, that was. I forget where we were. We're at the uh, one of the end zones. Yeah, we were at the um, end zone with the with the band with the FSU band. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, man. Yeah, man, tickets were like one hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah, those tickets were insane, bro. And you were a student too, so those were cheaper. Imagine what they actually could have cost. Yeah, I don't even want to know. Uh, I, I couldn't afford it then. I probably can't even afford them right now for sure. Hell no. You know what was crazy? So I looked at tickets before the game a couple of weeks ago, and tickets were only going for like 60 bucks lower bowl. I was like, this is crazy. I was like, for UMFSU? I was like, man, I know FSU's having a down year because they lost their quarterback, but it's still a huge college marquee game. I couldn't believe the tickets were going for that cheap. Yeah, uh, FSU, man. I don't even... This year reminds me of my freshman year. I had a horrible year back in 2001. Yeah, they did. Um, and it looks like this year's going to be more of the same. Yeah. It's weird, though, because you, you, I guess you don't expect 
a college football quarterback to be as important because you expect the next guy to be pretty much the same. Like Clemson, they lost to Sean Watson, and then they get that kid Kelly Bryant, and he's pretty much the Sean. And he steps right in. So you expect big time programs like that to have the next guy to be the identical, identical thing. You know, same kind of runner, same kind of throwing, throwing motion, and all that. But that's not how it happens. That shit was weird. I was surprised. I've honestly been surprised how much you guys have struggled. Like barely beating Duke was, was crazy. Seventeen to ten. Yeah, but even with Francois in there, I mean, they were still losing. So. Yeah. No. That's that's. A, I mean, you guys played Alabama though. It's not. You know what I mean? It's not like you guys lost to North Carolina A and T or something. Alabama. Yeah, but they 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 weren't putting up points. That's I mean, true. I, I granted Alabama's got a, a different type of defense, but uh, their offense is struggling. So here, so I'm gonna tell you my weird theory on on teams like that and like and the New England Patriots, right? And even I guess to a certain extent, Golden State, Golden State Warriors, not as much because NBA is a weird a weird league, but. I don't understand how teams like that can stay that dominant for that long. Just like my mind doesn't comprehend it. Like I don't understand how the Patriots, it doesn't matter who they play, can go like 14 and 2, 13 and 3 on a bad year when nobody else can do that cuz NFL's meant to be 8 and 8 and they don't have a down year at all. Like they could lose, they lost Tom Brady that year they still almost went to the playoffs with Matt Castle. Last year they were 4 and 0 with two backup quarterbacks. And then you got Alabama, who it doesn't matter who they have, they'll most likely go twelve and 13 and zero, or like twelve and one if they lose to Auburn. And but Alabama doesn't put out any, besides what Julio Jones, and maybe uh, was it Cooper, the Cooper kid, the the wide receiver from from the Raiders. I can't think of a uh, dot. I think it's Cooper, yeah. Yeah, I'm Amani Cooper, right? Yeah, Amani Cooper. Yeah. Yeah, I can't think of another dominant. NFL pro that they've put out. Like, it's purely the system, then. What do you think about that? Well, I mean, it is a system, but, I, I mean, look at these. Their running backs are, are beasts. No matter what system they play in, when we're talking about college, they, they would be dominant running backs in any college team, in any conference. But what the, why don't they try and... The fact that they're dominating in the SEC, where they have, I would say, bigger stronger, faster people to play against. Right. Can you imagine running backs playing uh, in Oregon or playing in the pack and like out in the West where these, you know, for the most part, they're, they're, they might be faster. They're just not, I would see them dominating no matter what. Right. But, I mean, Alabama's huge offensive line. Yeah. That's the one thing that they had um, for these last, what, 10, 11 years of Saban. Yeah. Their offensive line, their defensive lines are stacked and these guys are monsters. And if they're controlling that, like, you see the quarterbacks are just, you can put any quarterback in there. Hell, yeah. If I was, like, seven inches taller, I could play quarterback for Alabama. If you were it seven. doesn't matter who is, should be at Alabama, um, which is crazy because they had Cooper, they had Julio Jones, and they were there, like, one right after the other. Yeah. Dominant wide receivers, dominant running backs, and they didn't have great quarterbacks. No. All they asked the quarterback was just get the ball to these guys, don't make the rest of them. Yeah, no, their their specialty players are 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 pretty incredible. But it's I guess for it's just weird to me, right? Like being a, being a, growing up a Canes fan or even an FSU fan, like we're used to our college players going into the pros and dominating. You know, for, Florida State, you got 
you got Deion Sanders. You got a bunch of other players that don't really. You got even the kid from the guy that just the the big boy, uh, the wide receiver that looks like a tight end, bro. Uh, Kelvin Benjamin doing his thing. Yeah, Benjamin. Yeah, you got, and then from Miami, you could go down the line of legendary pros. I mean, I'm not gonna do the whole podcast talking mentioning them all by name, but I guess with the team that's being that dominant, you would think more players would stand out, right? Like I remember a couple of years ago. They had that that shutdown safety or that shutdown corner that got drafted by the Jets, and he he ended up I think he's out of the league after like two years. I can't remember his name and it's not not, not important enough to bring up. But you think with a team yeah. that dominant, you think they'd have more players be more dominant in the NFL? You get what I'm saying? Like as far as the running backs, as far as the running backs, so I think what happens with them is because the running backs have such a small lifespan, such a short lifespan in the pros. That playing against those defenses for three or four years, it shortens their lifespan even more, right? Because I can't think of a dominant. I guess Derrick Henry had a big run last week on Monday, but I can't think of a dominant running back that came out of Alabama that that did it in the pros, and they won Heisman after Heisman. No, they haven't had any dominant. Like the one guy that they had that was somewhat consistent was Mark Ingram, and he was getting his playing time. Uh, in New Orleans. Right. But no one dominated. And, and you're right. Like, thinking back to these Hurricane and Florida State teams, these guys are putting out 10, 8, 9, 12 pros. Yep. In one year, they didn't have a record number of pros in one draft. Yeah, two, I, I, I 2003. I mean, and you look back one year and you're talking about Frank Gore, Willis McGahee. These guys are on the same team, first, second, third, yep. three running backs. Frank McGahee. Clayton Portis. Uh, Portis. James Johnson. I mean, and that those are those are backups, right? Frank Gore wasn't even supposed to start, and he didn't start till like his junior year, and he was hurt two out of those three years with torn ACLs. Willis yeah. Willis McGahee gets drafted in the first round after we know the injury that happened in the in the Fiesta Bowl against Ohio State where he bent his knee back, and that year he comes back and plays and has a, ha, play, plays for Rookie of the Year. Like it does, like I don't understand. You know, you know what I'm saying. Like, and that's when we were already on a downward spiral of what was the Miami down years after those years. But we still had, like, we had uh, Sam Sam Shields that played wide receiver for four years at Miami as a starting corner at Green Bay and playing solid. That's right. You know what I mean? Like it, it doesn't like again like for a team that like the last ten years. 10, 10 to 12 years, Miami hasn't been a good team, right? Realistically. They're getting a little better now. But even then, they're still putting out quality talent, which I say would rival anything Alabama has done. And they're winning national championships. And you think they'd just be putting out better talent. This this is definitely longer than I thought it would go on with this conversation. But it just popped into my head. No, no. I, <laughs> I uh, it, This is crazy to me. You're right. Miami, for as much talent that they put into the NFL... And talent that actually, like, they're, they're game changers. Yeah. Uh, that, that they haven't had, I don't know, it hasn't made a difference on the college level, whereas Alabama will dominate on the college level, and then these guys go into the pros, and they might do something for a year or two, but then, you know, they disappear. You don't even, like, the, the one guy you're talking about, I know exactly who you're talking about, the safety, and when he was playing college ball, I remember who he was. Yeah. And now I can't. He left. He left Bama. He went into the league, and I, I can't. You can't. It's just. 
Coming to me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And like we're we're deep in this college football shit. Like I can't for right now. I can maybe name you one defensive player. I think some guy named like Ragland, Reggie Ragland or something like that. But mind you, Alabama's been winning national titles. Like people used to pop Tic Tacs, and I can't name to you three to five dominant players from Alabama. Like I don't I don't understand. Like it's weird. I don't know. It's just weird to me. Doesn't make sense. Yeah, I don't know. And I, ha- I haven't been following it. That I mean, I, I'm following wins and losses, but I haven't been deep into like who, what players are on what team this year as much as I usually do. Well, I'm 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 further away from caring about NFL anyway, and not just because of the whole kneeling thing, just because I I just got sick of it. Like once I retired from fantasy football, like three years ago, hung up hung up the the mouse clicker. I just I I didn't I haven't cared as much. And then when you find out more and more about how the NFL runs their business, besides the whole, because I'm, I'm I don't have a problem with the kneeling shit, but you know I just kind of got sick of it, so I follow more college football and obviously European soccer. So I've been I, that's kind of yeah. that's kind of replaced my care for for American football is you know with the World Cup coming up and just watching Real Madrid and Barcelona and Champions League and all that shit has been a bigger thing to me. You know it's kind it's taken over my number one sport. Miami Hurricanes are still my number one team, but like uh, football or soccer, as we call it here, is my number one sport. Bro, I, I've never, I, I don't understand how people don't enjoy watching it. I mean, I grew up playing it. I played it uh, through maybe eighth or ninth grade, and I, I and then I played on some traveling teams where we would go to like Central Florida or. Uh, we had tournaments in the Keys and teams from you know other states or elsewhere in Florida would come and play. What, po- and, uh, what position? That's where it comes from. What position did you Miami. play? What position did you play? What's that? What position? Man, as I'm older now, I play defensive mid. I figured you I don't you know would. why people want to play defensive mid and, and mid in the leagues that I play at now because uh, my ball, well that's why it's a defensive mid because my ball handling skills, which you are much better at. Uh, are not quite that great. Yeah. But uh, I feel like I feel like if I played on a team, I could play like a solid, like a solid winger, or like or a right back. I feel like I'd be pretty good at a right back, like a Dani Carvajal for Real Madrid. I feel like I'd be good there because I, you know, I, I like playing defense, but I still want to get forward and attack. Like I don't want to just sit back, and you know, and play like a holding mid, a holding, uh, right back like a like Juventus does or something like that. But I'm actually like right. we actually found it's crazy to me. Like me, wife and I have been okay. looking looking for a so. Right back. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I said I played right back growing up. Um, or depending on what team we were running, I'd play stopper. Uh, and then now as I've gotten older and I play in some of these like local leagues, I'll play a defensive mid. But I'd you... rather play right back and have the ability to like sprint up the field and attack and then come back. Yeah, defensive mid sucks, bro. Like, I hate. I don't. I don't. I'm not a fan of def- defensive mid. I mean, not to not to take a shot at your height, but defensive mid, you need somebody who's kind of imposing. You know what I mean? You need like a like a Casemiro or somebody like that. You can't. You you. I, I can see you being more like a like an attacking mid, like a Pulisic, just because you're quick and short, like a Messi. You know what I mean? I feel like you could you could obviously not Messi, but. You know, along along those lines, like an attacker, I don't I don't feel like you should be a a, a defensive mid at all, because you're way too short for that. 
you're quicker, you can get around tackles, it'd be easier to you to avoid them. And just, I don't know, if I was a coach, I'd put you in a different position. I don't know. Like, to tell you the truth, I've played, I've played forward before, and they, for whatever reason, they, people want to put me up, up front. Uh, I don't know. I don't feel playing comfortable. Or I don't feel comfortable playing forward. No, I don't, I don't like I don't forward. I don't want to be a... Um, I really prefer... Uh, playing back on the defensive side. Like I said, I just I get to be more aggressive playing defense and then I can come up um, usually if I'm a right back and come up and attack and sprint up and down the field all day. Yeah. Um, you, could, you could be like, yeah. like like Marcelo for Real Madrid. You know what I mean? You, you could play left back. Left back or right back I think are solid. I, I personally wouldn't mind playing like center back if it was like in an attacking type of team. Like, I couldn't be, like, on a Barcelona with Pique, you know, that just kind of sits back and only comes up for for set plays. More like a Sergio Ramos, you know what I mean? Like, somebody like that. But it's 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 different, man. Like, it's it's such a – like, back to what you said, I don't understand how people here don't love that sport. I don't understand how, like, people make fun of it like they could play it. Like, who the fuck can run around for 45 minutes nonstop, take a 30-minute break, and then do it all over again? And in that time, like it's it's such a beautiful like it's such a beautiful sport to me. It's very tough. I'll tell you like this: it's very tough for me to watch like MLS after you've watched. No, I don't even, no, don't say those words ever. Don't don't say those initials ever again. Don't, <laughs> don't ever ask about that. That's the league whose name I shall not say. Yeah. Uh, like Voldemort. I, I don't know anyone. I don't pay any attention. It's ridiculous to me. The only people I know, I have, I, I'm in a group chat with my with my boys. Uh, my boy Danny and his two and his brother and his cousin, and they know MLS because they're big NYCFC fans, obviously because they have like David Villa, and I think and they have like uh, they have Pirlo and other people, and they actually might get James, which is weird, but Wait, uh, yeah, yeah, James is falling off so much that there's a chance that Bayern Munich sells him or loans him out to 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 NYCFC. Because I know he was on loan from Real yeah. to Bayern, wasn't he? Yeah, but I think and they like it, it was like a, a loan to sell. It's like a weird, a weird thing. It was like a loan to sell, but they might let him go in that January transfer window. Uh-huh. Like they might let him go to to NYCFC. Those are just rumors on Twitter. I mean, who knows? But it's weird to me, man. I think he's one of the greatest players. I think he's top fifteen to me in the world, and it's crazy to see him possibly see him in MLS. When it's, I, dude, I'll, I'll tell you like this. I've tried to watch, I've tried to watch MLS, but it is the worst, most average soccer I can possibly imagine, bro. Like it is so bad that it it shows me, it shouldn't surprise me why the U.S. failed to get into the World Cup. Because if that's the competition you play against, no wonder. Like, yeah, dude, like if you're Clint Dempsey and you're playing against these guys that only play like college soccer and went straight into this you're clearly going to be superior to them but when you get you play against countries that that this is the only sport that matters you're you should lose like you saw the way i don't know if you saw the way like panama reacted when they got into the world cup the u.s was just acting like they're supposed to be there when they got to trinidad and tobago and panama fucking (laughs) cheats on a goal and that's my home country cheats on a goal and then gets in with that like that 88th minute goal from roman torres who plays for Seattle Sounders, 
and they get in and the, the whole country goes crazy. Like I have all my family from Panama posting pictures of them in the Jersey and all this shit. Here in the U.S., we could give a fuck less. Like think about how small the community is that's actually upset about the U.S. not going to the World Cup. Like it's crazy. Yeah, I didn't see much of it on, um, like, you know, ESPN or Fox Sports or any of these other places after the U.S. Uh, men's team failed to qualify. Mm-hmm. I saw a little bit they, of it. Like, they, 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 you know, when the U.S. is in the World Cup, they make a huge deal out of it. Yeah. And and the the state of men's soccer in the U.S. is, is this. I remember watching the 94 World Cup. I was like 11 years old or whatever I was at the time. Yeah, we're on there. And, you know, it was, and I was being played here in the U.S. And I was thinking, you know what? 20 years from now, I think, I was like, give the U.S. 15, 20 years, a new generation of players, and they might be competing um, on the world stage. Yep. And then they had sort of a breakthrough. And then they made it to like the the quarterfinals. So they did something uh, like I don't know, eight years ago, whatever it was. Yeah, yeah, quarterfinals. Yeah. I think that's when they had, like, uh, uh, Donovan and Dempsey. They were, like, pretty young. Yep. And and I was like, all right, okay, let's see what what comes next after these guys. And and nothing. Nothing. Because I think I, I sent you a text message about this, right? Like, U.S. soccer hasn't changed. It's, no. And I grew up in that system. It's You play AYSO or whatever other little uh, soccer organizations are there for the youth. Yep. Then after that season's over, if your parents have the money, they'll send you to some soccer academy. Yeah. And then you play high school and you play college ball. Right. And then you you go and play MLS because <laughs> that, that that that's the progression. Yeah. Uh, there's no there's no I'm not gonna say there's no competition. There's competition in the, in the MLS at, at their particular skill level, but there there's not going to be any progression in U.S. soccer uh, skills and, and their ability to compete against world-class teams until they changed this entire system. You know, Europe, Spain's been playing, or not Spain, Messi's been playing in Spain since he was, what, like nine years old? Yeah, he went to, he got, you know, he, yeah, he went to Barcelona, Barcelona Academy at, at like nine. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, all those guys that played in, in Barcelona grew up playing together. Those yep. guys that played in Real, all those guys played since they were little kids. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. They go to school, they have tutors or whatever it is, but they develop the, the this talent that they find at an early age, and, and that's why they have World Cup soccer players. Uruguay, who's who? What were they like? Third or fourth? Uh, uh, last World Cup. Uh, yeah, U- people. yeah. Ur- Uruguay, Uruguay was like the second best team in Commonwealth, which is South the South American thing. It was Brazil and then them. Uruguay doesn't have yes. anything. Like they're a poor ass country. Like. In comparison to us, four million people in that country. Yeah, they have a four million population. They're two time. Now it's been a, it's been a long time, but they're two time World Cup champions. Yep. And I think they were like the last four, and the, the last couple World Cups they they've made it to the to, I think the semis. Um, yo, so to have Co- Costa Rica. in Europe. They all they all play a high level in Europe. Costa. So how do you get how do you get to that point? Costa Rica made it to the final eight. Last last World Cup, you can't. I can't name a single player from them besides Keylor Navas, and that's only because I'm a Real Madrid fan. Like it's it does like the so what? Because I, I listen to other soccer, other podcasts and stuff like that to find out more and more about this, like to find out more in depth about it. And I think we're one of the few. We're the I think 
I might be wrong. Well, I think we're one of the only countries that does like a pay for play where it's that what you said. Like if you want to get better, you have to pay to to get the coaches and stuff like that. And the thing is, we don't have the right coaches to teach the right kind of soccer. So that's why you have a lot of these young players. Like I'm so deep in this soccer shit. Like I'm watching the U17 World Cup. Like I'm, yeah. you know what I mean? I'm watching Saturday morning. They play, uh, who do they play? God damn it. I'm, I'm losing it. Not Spain. Uh, da, 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 da. I don't know. At 1030 in the morning, U U.S. plays again. And they have a kid right now that I think could start <laughs> that could, that could start in the men's world, men's team, which is uh Timothy Weah. He's George Weah's son, which is a former, a former Ballon d'Or winner. And he's, and he's in the PSG Academy. Like you, you're not going to get better playing in the States. You have to do what Christian Pulisic did. He's not playing in the States. Yeah. At 15, 16 years old, he left and went to Borussia Dortmund. Like, that's where the competition is. That's where you're going to learn to play the real soccer. Like, here you're not going to. They don't have the right coaches. They don't have the best coaches here. Like, you have to get, like, certain no, qualifications. It's anomaly, but the reason why he, his father was a soccer player, and I think so was so was his grandfather, and so they know. Yeah. They knew that for him to be better, he had to go. He had to go to Europe. Mm -hmm. And look what look what's happened to him. I mean, he played. He was in their under seventeen, and and they moved him up to. Yeah. And, and he got some starting time, and and he was doing well. I mean, he was a rising star, and he is. He's what twenty. Nineteen. 19? Nineteen, sir. Nineteen. <sighs> uh, I'm gonna say something to you, and you could tell me what you think about it, because. We've been watching soccer for about to say, I think he's already not not scores, but I think he's the most talented and best player U.S. has ever had. I think Levin Landon Donovan had the goals. Clint Dempsey has the goals, but I've seen Clint Dempsey and Landon Donovan in their prime. I don't think any of them move the way this kid moves. I I, I can tell you one guy that does that he can't match not yet. Greatest soccer U.S. soccer player of all time. What are you about to tell me right now? Alexi Lalas. I feel like I knew you were going to go there. Because of the hair? Because <laughs> of the hair, sir? Yo, you know who's got better hair than him? If Watch Saturday. You watch watch Saturday morning and watch, watch a kid. I don't know if you've already seen him. Josh Sargent. 16 years old. Probably. And he's already signed to go to Werder Bremen in Germany. He's going there. And he's good. Yeah, he's going. Kids are getting out. Yeah, he's getting out, bro. He's not. He's not gonna Jordan Morris it. He's he's out. So he's getting out there. There's another guy, bro. I, I'm so deep in this shit. There's another kid. There's another kid named Cameron Carter Vickers that plays at Tottenham, but he's like on their second squad, which is uh -huh. fucking awesome because Tottenham's amazing. They have this. There's yeah. this kid. I yeah. used to watch it. I'm not a soccer fan. Yeah. There's this other kid named Eric Palmer Brown. Which, he might not turn out to be shit, and I might be putting the cart before the horse here. But he, rem I watched him in the U-20s, and he signed to Man City. Right, to Manchester okay. City, and he's but he's going to get loaned out to some team like in Portugal to get his time. Bro, he reminds me, leadership and, and ball skills, of a Sergio Ramos. Not, not to that, you know, Sergio Ramos is one of the greatest center backs of all time, but like... Right. Eric Palmer Brown reminds me of a captain of a leader of what uh what what's this bald headed fuck Michael Bradley should have been. Like I've <laughs> I've I've never been I've never been a, a a Michael Bradley fan. 
Ever. Even when he had hair. Never liked the guy. Just never, never been a fan of him on the soccer field, bro. Ever. Just don't, I don't see it. I don't know what his role is. I don't know what he's meant to do. And it doesn't matter who the coach is. From the time we had his dad to the first time we had Bruce Arena to Jurgen Klinsmann to Bruce Arena now, I don't know what he's supposed to do. Is he is he a playmaker? Is he a defensive midfielder? I, I mean, I, I don't know. <sighs> yeah, he, he can stay back and be a defensive midfielder. Speaking of, of coaches, what did you think of that Klinsmann uh, era? What was what was the end goal? I think the I think what Klinsman tried to do, uh, like try start, to change yeah, try to change the culture, man. Like, cause he like us hates the MLS. He knows that's not that's not where you develop players. So he would actively try to get U.S. players to play overseas, cause it's just a higher quality of game. Like we, you can you can not know soccer and watch Real Madrid play. Shit, you could go to a team you might not even know, like. Uh, soccer like Monaco, right? That you don't know anybody on the team. We we would know some people like Falcao, and they had uh, Mbappe last year or whatever. But you can watch them play, and then watch the best team in MLS, which I think is like Toronto FC, and be like, oh my god, we're a hundred years behind them. Like there, there's it's not. It, it, it you had to push your players to to play with them because it it makes you a better player. Like you're being taught differently. These are kids like Messi right. that was set six, seven, eight years old that probably have better ball skills than than our men's national team. You know what I mean? Just because they're being taught and being pushed from that age. And it's a game they love. Bro, uh, Real Madrid has a has a, Spa- a Spanish national uh, starting for them right now, given because their they're starting one is, is hurt. But dude's name like Ashraf Hakimi. John, he's... 18 years old, bro. 18, son. <laughs> he like 18 years old, starting for the third biggest club in the world, behind Barcelona and Manchester United. You know, what I mean, as far as price, like that's insane to me. There's, like, he would go in if he tra- if he played MLS, he'd be the best player at any given time period at 18. Like, it doesn't. They're they're so far ahead that it doesn't surprise me that we didn't qualify. Cause we looked like shit. I was excited for the pa- after the Panama game, but I realized how terrible they looked against uh, Mexico and and Costa Rica, and they struggled against Guatemala. Like we're so far behind, but it doesn't even make sense. But, yeah, I don't know. And like, and they did change. You know, they they went back to Bruce Arena. I don't know that sort of they took a step back. No, they definitely um, did. But but changing the coach at the national level is not going to change the culture. No. These guys have already been brought up to play a certain way. The, see, but um, well, that's what that's what's so interesting. That's what's so weird about it, though, is that the way they play. Because I watched the U twenty World Cup earlier this year when they played like Colombia and lost. Um, and that U twenty, which is the team with like Cameron Carter Vickers, Josh Sargent, Tyler Adams, uh, Eric Palmer Brown, Timothy Weah. You know what I mean? Uh, this other guy named, uh, named like named like Akeem Akinola. Like I told you, I'm deep in this shit, bro. I'm deep in the, I'm deep in these weeds. And look, watching watching um, when Spain won the World Cup, right? Yeah. And even before the World Cup, uh, man, they they had some great players. Talking about Xavi. Yeah. Uh, God. Da- David David Villa. Like they had they yeah. they had they have legends, bro. If you watch, but, you want to watch like a different level of soccer. 
Watch Germany. At any level. At any level, watch Germany. Germany is the most disgusting, methodical, perfect football team you can possibly see. At the U-17s, where they're, they're moved on to the next round. At the U-20s, where they won the World Cup. And they beat teams like Spain with Marco Asensio. And I think they I think they even had, like, uh, what's the other guy? They had Ashraf Hakimi. They, they might have had Isco. Isco might be a little too old, so I might be wrong. But And Germany won the Euros last year. Not the Euros, but the, the, the Confederations Cup were, like, their C team. They didn't. They didn't win the Euros because they didn't. I don't think they they went for it. But they won every tournament with like their B. They're either their A, B, or C squad, and they're and they're doing it again in their U17. But again, Germany failed to make a World Cup one year, so they're like, oh, we got to look at this shit all over again. So they their whole their whole country got behind it. Here for us is like, oh, okay, the U.S. didn't make it. What's going on with LeBron? Is he leaving to? Is he leaving Cleveland again? You know what I mean? Like. Right. They don't care. We don't care about it as a nation. We don't, which is sad because it's the biggest sport in the world. Like, no matter who you are, you or me, you know what I mean? We watch Real Madrid Barcelona, and so do 2 billion other people, which the the NFL Super Bowl wishes they could get 100 million. You know what I mean? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, and, you know, and there's so much money in it. Yeah. Not the MLS, but you talk about these these clubs over in Europe. There is so filthy amounts of money that would put these other sports here in, in the states like to shame the, yeah. the amount of money that these guys are making. And so I, I don't know why we haven't bought into it, but I was and like at at all right? Uh, like I, I put, they put my youngest son in an academy a few years ago. He's nine now. You know, he he plays a little bit, but he's not. I'll see if I can get him to like soccer. <laughs> if he doesn't like it, he doesn't like it. But he showed interest in it. He started picking it up really quick. We put him put him in an academy, and it was taught by. Um, uh, it was led by um, the local women's college uh, coach, and it, it was held on the university campus. Oh wow! And so they would they would you know teach him basics, and he started progressing. Uh, so they were moving him up. And he just kind of lost interest. Like we, he and I would practice at five years old at the house. Like, oh, you know, let's let's practice step over. So let's practice this uh, simple things like triangle. You know, uh, I was teaching him about tiki taka. Yeah. Uh, you know, tiki taka way that Spain plays that 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 European yeah. that quick passing. Probably from from back in the nineties, Johan Cruyff and that that short passing game. Yeah. Which is how Spain dominated. Yeah. They had those guys that grew up in the academy that way playing at the club level, and then they took it to, to the national level, and, and, and they killed everybody. Yeah. I mean, that, they dominated uh, Europe, and then they, they, they dominated the World Cup. Yeah. But um, they, they need to change how they teach kids. And then we maybe, maybe when you're 50 or 60, then you'll be talking about our under-17 and, and our club, MLS, whatever it'll be called, 30 mm. years from now, the way that you talk about European soccer. That was my hope 20 years ago that we would be on the path to that or that we'd be a lot closer to it today. But it's we're not. I don't think we're anywhere. We're not closer. But the fact that these guys that you're talking about, these 17-year-olds, are making the jump to Europe, yeah. uh, that's, that's, if we're not making a change here, then they're making the right move by, by going over to Europe. I mean, maybe not everyone can afford it, but obviously if these teams see talent, 
yeah. here, and we have 300 million people, there's going to be talent. That's uh, that's the weird thing, right? Like on what's that? I said that's the weird thing, right? Like we go to Olympics, we dominate, but in soccer, we we haven't qualified for the last two Olympics in in soccer. You know what I mean? There's there's no reason why we we're the biggest, well not the biggest, but we're the most talented country on the planet when it comes to the Olympics and every other sport. We dominate pretty much every other sport. There's no reason why we shouldn't dominate in soccer. And given it's a huge American problem because any other country would like to dominate in like two other sports, right? We dominate in everything else but the world sport because we're so far behind it. But we're also approaching it with the American mentality and not realizing that this is a sport we're still in our infancy in regardless if we went to the last six straight World Cups or whatever the fuck. Like we go there, but we're not we're not a team that's feared. We're a team that sneaks up on people. You know what I mean? Nobody's like, oh, shit, we're playing the U.S. People are like, oh, fuck, man, we're playing Brazil. Oh, shit, we're playing Germany. Shit, we're playing Uruguay. You know what I mean? Shit, we're playing Argentina with Messi. Like, there's nobody on the U.S. that anybody's afraid of. Pulisic is still too young, and Costa Rica showed us how you could play him. Knock him around, and it throws him off completely off his game. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. a, like a quarterback, you knock him off his spot, and he's and he's done. And and it just sucks that he's not going to get that World Cup experience and we're not going to see him in the World Cup, maybe, hopefully, in 2022, right? Like, that's the next one after this one. Like, and that's hoping we, yeah. quali- that's hoping we qualify then because now we know it's, that's not a guarantee. We'll see. I mean, uh, I don't see the U.S. making any leaps and bounds by the time because the players that will be playing there will be... Well, no, I take that back. If these kids yeah. that left that you're talking about that that are showing potential are spending the next three, four, five years in Europe, yeah. they're they're going to they're going to improve, I think, by leaps and bounds. So if, if they progress and if, if the if they fulfill whatever potential that they they that they have, uh, come twenty twenty two or when we start qualifying before then, yeah. Uh, if those international team, I think maybe we can make some noise. At least, maybe not noise as far as disrupt world soccer, but I think, um, I oh. think they'll have a little bit of an edge. Cause yeah. I think that that's it. Seventeen-year-old kids, they'll be twenty, twenty-one. Sixteen-year-old yeah. kids, they'll be more developed than whoever stays here and goes to college or plays on the less. Yeah, without um, without a, without a doubt, I I think. So to put a bow on this U.S. thing, because I'm still emotionally kind of distraught about the fact we're not going to have a World Cup, a World Cup draw or a World Cup team. I think what they should do in these next four years is just play all the young people. Right. Like, obviously, there's some older players that you can't get rid of right away. Like, I guess, Michael Bradley and a Josie out the door and a Bobby Wood. You know what I mean? Like these other younger players that are that show some kind of promise. Right. At some parts in their life. And we still need to fill out a roster with vets. But as yeah. far as the Clint Dempsey's, let this be like his swan song, these nice couple friendlies, and just kind of be like, all right, man, look, we're going for, towards a youth movement. Because I would have felt better. I told my, my friends this. I would, I think I told you, too, I would have felt better if we didn't qualify for the World Cup, but we just played a bunch of young-ass players, right? Like a bunch of just, this is, this is what's coming next time. Look out. You know what I mean? And if we would have made it to the last day, like, oh, it just didn't fall for us cool but the fact that we didn't that we didn't qualify with players who had been there before once or twice is what bothered me more 
because they knew what it took and just failed to do it. You know what I mean? Like that's that's LeBron that's LeBron James in the fourth quarter against the Cavs against the against the Mavs. You know what I mean? You like you know yeah. what you needed to do, but you just failed to do it. Like there was no excuse there. So it's frustrating. Um, I'm obviously it's still a little raw. It's a raw wound still. And it's, you know people still like I think about it every time. I was like, man, I, I still can't believe we're not going to the World Cup. And I have to now pick a secondary team. And I'm gonna be honest with you, it's not gonna be Panama. Just because I don't like one of their players, I hate one of their players so much, I can't root for them, but I won't root against them. You get what I mean? Like if they if they do something cool in the World Cup, all right, cool. But I'm not gonna be openly rooting for them because I can't name to you three players on that team. So I, I think I'm gonna go with like maybe Germany, which is a front running team, which I shouldn't do. I have to I have to figure something out as to who I'm gonna root for in the World Cup because I'm gonna watch. What the hell else is there to do during the summer? I'm not watching baseball. No, no. I mean, I watch baseball, but only because I might buy a ticket and show up to a game. Yeah. But uh, I can't do that anymore. The Indians. Uh, yeah, lost to the Yankees. Yeah, lost to the Yankees, right? Yeah, they were up 2-0, and uh, just like last year's uh, yeah. <laughs> World Series, and they were up 3-1, they, uh, they blew it. Yeah, and now the Yankees are almost coming back on the... On the Astros, which is crazy. They were down 2-0 to them, too, and now they're up 3-2, which is kind of insane. That's all I know. It's only because of my yeah, friends so, keep posting shit. So that's that's the extent of my baseball. Like, I'll look at my ESPN app, and I'll be like, oh, okay. Yeah, I do the same they're thing. Up 3-2 in the yeah. Okay, cool, I got it. But not watching these games. And the only time I would watch baseball is now in the postseason. Um, I'll tell- I'm not going to go my way in a 162-game. No. Like, Baseball, I, I grew up playing it, and this is the most boring sport, which is why I don't get. I still don't understand why people don't love soccer. It, there's no, there's no stopping in that game. None. Forty-five minutes, no stoppage time. Yeah. So it, it's free flowing. Yeah. Completely free flowing. There's no timeouts. You go in for your whatever fifteen minutes, come back out and play another forty-five. Yeah. It doesn't. I, I don't understand it. I don't understand how people. Oh, baseball is America's sport. Baseball is terrible. I, I tell you how much baseball I've watched in the last five years. I watched the ninth and the tenth inning of last year's World Series. <laughs> like, that's it. That's it. And I'm not going to watch, and I know, like, Derek Jeter just bought the Marlins. I'm not going to watch because I know he's got to sell off Giancarlo Stanton because they can't afford him. So I'm not I'm not watching them. So I move on, and then that's, I really I could care less about baseball. I'm sure the Yankees will win their 28th World Championship. Cool. I don't care. I 100% don't give a shit about it, man. I don't care about it at all. It's terrible. It's so boring, bro. It's the only game you could go. It's the only sport you could go to and take a nap for like an hour and not miss anything. No, not really. No. You, yeah. It's terrible, man. So. You wanna you wanna talk about this uh this uh Trump soldier shit or you wanna we wanna stay away from it because it's been it's been kind of exhausting the last couple of days. Man, you know I, I was talking to a, a friend of mine and uh, yeah, yeah I, I want to get into it. I was I was talking to a friend of mine and and uh, he was a sergeant class E seven when I was at like E five E six and mm-hmm. I was recruiting and uh, this guy. 
he doesn't hold back. I think he gives you his opinion. Um, so on Facebook, he's constantly putting up these um, posts. They're not really attacking Trump, but they're just this is what's going on. Like open up your eyes. Like a ma- like a like a matter of fact post, right? Yeah, and he's got friends on either side, right? Like people that lean right, people that lean left, people that try to straddle the line. Right. And um, we were talking about one of the things that I that I that I touched on his post, and one of my uh, friends also touched on is the fact that we get it, and, and this has been happening for the last probably ten years. These equal chambers, right? It happened when Facebook started rolling in like the old six or old seven. And they gather your data, and the more that you search for something on Google or Facebook or whatever, the more of that that they feed you, yep. right? Mm-hmm. So eventually, all you get is articles and links for whatever it is that you're looking for, for your viewpoint. If you're looking for stuff that deal with politics, and, and if there's a certain angle that, that, that you like, then they feed you more stuff based on your searches, based on what you read. Yeah. And so when President Obama got elected, and now... Um, Donald Trump got elected. Like, everyone was just in their equal chambers. Like, no one wanted to listen to the other side. It's just like, I listened to Breitbart, or I listened to uh, whatever, Now This, or whatever these other sites are. And then that's all these Russian hackers and fake news, like actual fake news outlets, started popping up because all you see is your side, and then they start feeding you fake news that fall in line with your viewpoint that you can't tell what's real or fake. Yep. So all, you got all these people on the far left and then all these people on the far right and it's just like, who's left in the middle to actually talk things out and have these kinds of conversations like the ones that, you know, like Russell Brand and uh, Joe Rogan were having. Dude, uh, or, that, but let me, let me, let me, ju- let me jump in real quick. Jump, jump in. Russell Brand has had two of my favorite podcasts of all time. Like, and I listen to probably like six or seven. I try not to listen to too much because it can sometimes blur into my way of thinking. But Russell Brand's yeah. Joe Rogan podcast, the ones he done, and I'm I'm gonna find his because po- I guess he has a podcast. I'm gonna find that dude. Like, there's t- like there's very few times when I listen to people where I have to pause it and really let sink in what they just said. And Russell Brand is one of the most intelligent people I've ever heard speak, man. Just the way he views things. Because he has such a different way of looking at it, right? Because he's been a drug addict, a sex addict, and all these things. And he's so honest about who he is. It's so incredible to listen to him talk, man. What's yeah, and, and he does that on podcast, and I think now he's studying political science or something. Yeah. So he's, he's actually getting into he's getting into it. He's, he's, and that podcast that, that he had with, I think they were off like almost three hours, him and yeah. Joe Rogan. I was just like mesmerized listening to that conversation, and I was thinking, why can't we have conversations like this? Why can't Dude, people have conversations? The whole reason, the whole reason why I started this podcast, and even back when I had a, a different podcast, it was a in my own words. The whole reason why I started this podcast thing was from the first time. I don't know if it was the first time you ever had him on, but the first time I had, I heard of, I heard him on like I think it was like early last year. Dude, that conversation he had with Joe Rogan like was fucking incredible, man. I was like, holy shit. Like it was I had that same thought. It was like, who who has conversations like this? And why don't I have conversations like this with people? I wanna have conversations with, with this with people and record it and then one hear it back and hear something totally different. Yeah. 
absolutely. You know? It's, but yeah, that conversation was blowing my mind. Yeah, dude. Like, you have to... And he talks so fast and so eloquently. Where I had to slow it down. Like, hold up. Wait, what? I never... Like, he'll say things like, yo, I never thought of things that way. Like, and and I, let me go back 30 seconds. Did I just hear what I just heard? What I, I thought I just I, heard? Exactly, man. It's insane. So get get I mean to cut you off. Keep going with what you were saying though. So you were ta- listening to the Russell Brand the Russell Brand thing and then you, you had a friend who posts stuff that are that's very matter of fact. Yeah, and so we have you know, he'll have people on there that will m- most of his friends are left leaning, right? Right. And look, my friend is black, African American. So um and, and a lot of us he's got friends, all sorts, black, white, Latino, whatever, mm-hmm. Asian. I'm not gonna go into any more. Right. But uh Obviously, anywhere I—not just on his, not just on his timeline—but anywhere I read on articles or other people's timelines, I see a pattern. When we were discussing politics now in the age of Donald Trump being our president, uh, I see a pattern of like let's talk about the, the meeting. And he's a veteran. He's a retiree. I'm a veteran. Yeah, as, as am I. And I don't. And so the meeting thing—I didn't know he pulls things about why they were doing it. It's not about, you know, the NFL came out and did it afterwards for their own selfish reasons. Yeah. To just kind of boom their nose at Trump. But yeah. the reason why, why Kaepernick was doing it initially was to bring attention to, to police brutality and the fact killing unarmed black people and just minorities and they don't treat them the same way yep. as they treat a white person. True. And, and that was it. And, and, and it all got lost, not because we don't understand the message, but, it, it just seems to me like people were purpose, purposely using that excuse. It's disrespecting our flag and what it stands for. And my my whole thing, and, and, and this guy's thing, was our, our argument is always, okay, yeah, I get it. The anthem and the flag, they're symbols. They stand for something that, that you hold dear to your heart. I, I, and when I was active duty, and to this day, I still stand for the flag. Right. And when I was active duty, I did. Obviously, we had to, yep. but I did. And I felt pride, and I still feel pride in it now. But I feel more pride in the fact that those are just symbols. What he was doing was protesting what those symbols are supposed to represent. Yep. The people that are supposed to be represented by those symbols, which those is, symbols are meaningless. Which is really, which is really what we took. Which is really what we took the oath for, right? It wasn't. We didn't take the oath for a symbol. We took an oath for the people. Right when we, when we right. raised our right hand in that room with no windows, because all of them looked the same in the maps, right? Thank when you. we when we took that oath, we didn't take an oath for red for red, white, and blue, because that's not in the that's not in the oath. We took an oath for the Constitution and the people. So I what so my I'll let you get back into your diatribe in a minute. My whole issue with with the people who are upset and like and are spinning it with like oh that's against the the soldiers and all this stuff was like. It's disingenuous because I'm a veteran. My brother's currently active duty. He agrees with me. You're a veteran, and you have fr- we we have friends that are veterans that are like, yo, man, y'all twisting this shit just to silence him. Like, I have zero problem with him kneeling. Never had an issue. Completely understood why. And it is he's he's kneeling because the symbols that that represents, like you said, is why is what's not being represent is what's not being shown to them. And they're showing, look, man, they're upset. And it bothers me when people are like, oh, but he's rich. He shouldn't complain about it. He made $100 million. No, man, that's not how a protest works. If they march, in, if they march and, and block a, a highway, you get mad at that. 
if they stand in front of a police station saying, hands up, don't shoot, you get mad at that. Now a celebrity-ish does it and takes a knee to bring attention to it, you get mad at that. So what's a comfortable way for them to protest where their First Amendment right is more beneficial and more palatable to you? Like, that's the question I have to people, and I haven't gotten a, a, an answer or a response that seems genuine and isn't kind of underlined with racism and ignorance. Yeah, right. Like, tell, please tell me, like, well, I'm not, but, you know, I'm speaking for someone, from some of, these pro- some of the protesters, tell me how I'm supposed to protest yep. that's going to make you feel comfortable about the protest. Yep. Which way you is know? it? Which way is it? Because they've tried every single way. They've done sit-ins. They've done marches. They've done everything. Done it all the right way, getting all the permits and everything they needed to do. And everything is, oh, what, what are you so mad about? Oh, 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 white privilege isn't a thing. Oh, black people have it just the same. And the question I always ask to people when I want to be a real dick about it, I was like, okay, okay you're, you're a white dude. Obviously, not you, but when I'm speaking to him, you're a white dude or what, how I like to call him, Hispanic white nationalist. Okay, you think that you think they have it equal to you, right? You you believe that. Trade places with them. If you think they have it the exact same way you do, trade places with them for a week. Trade Philando Castillo was stopped by police forty nine times. Bro, I haven't seen forty nine cops in my life. Before Philando Castillo was a dude that was killed in Minnesota. Tamir Tamir Rice was twelve years old and killed in a park. Within two seconds, and the cop said he was older than he was. And I'm just supposed to be okay with that? The kid was 12 years old. He has no future. Like, that, it's over for him. Because he was playing in a park with a toy gun. And that was in Cleveland. I'm sure you know about that. I think you might have been there when it happened. You know what uh, I mean? I don't think I was. I don't think. Well, it was a little. It might have been a little bit before you. You know what I mean? Like, when, yeah. these, thing, when these things happen, and then people complain about it, how are you going to get mad about people being angry about that? Then your then your hashtag All Lives Matter is bullshit, is disingenuous and it's racist, because all life is still a black life, right? Why aren't you mad about that? I don't. I don't. Yeah, that whole All Matter thing was from the get from the get go was that was I thought that was racist bullshit and it was, it was a disingenuous uh, retort. Yeah. Because just like with the whole kneeling. Thing and I'm getting offended. The flag means so much to me. Mm-hmm. When someone tells me the flag means a lot to me, I, I, I respect the flag. It stands for this and the anthem. I'm like, yeah, but don't don't the people mean more to you than no. the flag? No. The people represent, and if those people are being killed, shouldn't they matter more than the flag? That's yeah. the whole point. Yeah. So, so go ahead. So all that came up. I was talking about uh, you know, black uh, black lives matter. The purpose of that was just to say, hey, black lives matter too. Like, it's a given that white lives matter. Yeah. That was the, that's the reality of America. Yeah. So it's a given. You already know that white lives matter. We're, they're just trying to remind you, hey, black, we're people. Black lives matter too. And yeah. then so they, come, they come back with the all lives matter hashtag and movement and bullshit that didn't exist until black lives matter and people were trying to, to bring the, more attention to these issues. The thing, the thing that makes me mad about the whole All Lives Matter thing, because it's not an actual movement, right? It's right. It's just, it's just a response. It's just a retort. It's just a silencer that they use, right? And what, what I, what I fail to understand is, ev- most, mostly everything about it. Like it does, I can't understand how you could. <laughs> to be honest with you, man, like I, 
I try to reason it and rest. Like when I'm on my drives, when I'm working and I'm listening to different podcasts or I'm listening to music and I just get lost in thought and I think about some, you know, all this shit. Like I don't understand where they're get they, their train of thought from. Like this is, this is an innocent unarmed person that was killed, but your justification is, oh, well, they might've been doing something wrong. Okay. Let's say they were doing something wrong. Does them doing something wrong equate them losing their lives? Like if I stole black and milds from the Circle K, right? I should I should be killed for that. That's a justifiable right. option for you. Like that's cool with you. So then what? When I when I be re- when I want to be real dickish about it, I was like, then don't send me thoughts and prayers when there's a shooting. You know what I mean? Because you clearly don't give a fuck about life. Like you can't pick and choose which life you care about. Like I was telling my my step pops yesterday. I was like, hey, man, like, it's not their community. This is our community. We're all in this together. We're all, like, we're all in this shit together. We're all Americans first, right? We should be worried about everything. It shouldn't be their community, my community, your community. It shouldn't be that. It's a melting pot to begin with. Like, me and you come from, we're we're both in mixed marriages, right? You're Venezuelan, your wife's uh, Filipina, right? I don't know. My my wife's Jewish. I'm I'm Hispanic. Like, and we we grew up a certain kind. We grew up around everybody. Like our childhood was very different. We had we had black friends. We had Puerto Rican friends. We had Dominican. We had every walk of life as our friends. So we honestly, man, I feel like we were the lucky ones because we we didn't get to see just the television version of a black person. You know what I'm saying? Like that's that's what a lot of these people see though. Like even the Hispanic. Yeah, what, when I try to explain my point of view to people, because we grew up in that environment, and and, and not everyone just because it's Miami, not everyone grows up in that environment. They still stick to their own clique of people. But oh we yeah. Grew up and we had, we were a mix of everything: black, white, Latino, different socioeconomic backgrounds. Yep. Um, it's, and, and so I, you know, that's we were friends. We grew up that way. Yeah. And you know, you know we. Yeah, you got to see, like you knew, some people struggled more than others, and and also maybe because of the color of their skin, like we saw it. Yeah. But wasn't something. It's not something to hold against somebody, and and so when you when when I come to Cleveland and I have conversations with people here that voted for Trump at work, and uh, you know, white people. Yeah. And we yeah. have these conversations, and I'm not trying to change your mind. I'm like, cool, I get it. You know, probably eight years of President Obama has made you feel. Uh, like no one cares about you, and a lot of people—that's their—that's—that's that's their reasoning for it. That they feel uh, disenfranchised, yeah, forgotten. Yeah, yeah. We, 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 black people since the beginning of time versus the beginning of, of, of the, you know slavery here in the U.S. Yeah. So it's like, oh, so you've got eight years of that of feeling like no one cares about you. Well, that that times to the twentieth power what's mm-hmm. been having the black people yep. like that and you haven't been you haven't suffered you just feel like the president didn't have your best interest you haven't suffered yeah. you haven't that's that's the thing right and, and you, just, you did not get a job because you're, the president was black and you're white that that didn't happen oh yeah uh you you feel like you didn't get a job because of affirmative action again these are all the here's the funny thing about it right and i think you just hit it on the head and i, I just want to go off on that in a little bit you just hit on like it's they feel that happened to them Right, like there's there's no actual proof, there's no there's no there's no scientific basis for it. 
There's no there's no writing on the wall. There's no law passed that said we're going to hire black people or immigrants over you. There's there's none of that that was written. They just feel like things like that would happen. But then their attack and their deflection on us is that or the left leaning people is that, oh, we're the snowflakes. Uh, Snowflakes means that I'm sensitive to everything. But you're acting the way you're acting and voted for this guy because of how you felt. Not not anything based on reality. You don't you don't blame the the corporation that left because they they could get higher profits in another country. You don't blame them. Everything the everything is the president's fault. You don't you don't blame the corporation. You don't blame blame them for letting you go. You don't blame them for hiring the illegal immigrant. Because I'll tell you I'll tell you some shit. My my mom, my mom just recently lost her job because the company she worked for hired an illegal immigrant. Right, and my mom my mom wasn't upset. Like mom like. My mom wasn't upset at, at the person because, like, hey, the, the company's going to make their money. It's like, you, you got to have that point of view at it, right? Like, if, if, this corp, if this company can get away with paying this person less and they can make a higher profit, you blame the company. You know what I mean? You, don't, you, can't, blame, you can't blame the person, but it, it becomes this thing where, like, you put the, the news and the media and everybody puts a face to, to brown or black people, so that's who you want to blame. And it's so that propaganda is so effective that it has black or brown people even blaming amongst each other. Yep. It's it's crazy to me. Like not to not have to not have that deeper thinking and de- and that deeper level of understanding frustrates me because it's not it's not like I'm going into Mariana's trench of thinking. You know what I mean? I'm not going into this deep deep level where like I meditated for a year and I try to think of all life's problems. It's just like, hold on, wait a second. Let, let me take a, let me just go put my put my knees in. You know what I mean? Like I'm in ankle deep water, and let me just walk in a little further and at my knees. Like, oh shit, this is how it really is. It's not so far beneath the surface where you have to dive deep and it's exhausting. Like I shouldn't have to see a meme to understand how these things really happen when I when it's clear as day. To me, it seems clear as day, and so when I see. And when I hear people's justification, I just kind of scratch my head. Again, I don't try to change people's mm-hmm. when people come to me with, with their point of view and how they feel. I'm like, because I, I have my point of view and how I feel, but I'll talk to them. Yeah, me and too. And I'll, I'll give them help. And 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 I'm not just a, on this whole on on a topic or on but on anything. I'll try. I'll, I'll hear people out, and I'm like, you know what? All right, yeah, what, what you're saying makes sense. Um, I don't understand why. If I have that point of view at work. When we're trying to do something. Yep. Why do we have that about this conversation? Like, you know what? Yeah, what's going on right now is is fucked up. Yeah. Like, well, why can't we see that? Why can't we see past that? We, people just have blinders on, and it seems like they want to see what they want to see, regardless of of information that's put out there. Yeah. No. It's it's definitely it's definitely weird, man. Like, I was uh I was listening to this audio book. Because we want to go look at a house today, I was listening to this audio book. I don't know if you've read it or heard it. It's called the. Uh, it's from Mark Manson. It's the subtle art of not giving a fuck. Uh, I'm, I'm not an audio book guy, but uh, I ordered it. I, I want to read it. Dude, it's a. It's, I've read it. I've read it, and now I'm listening to the audio book. And it's very rare that I that I give something two chances. Usually, like once I read it, but it's just such a good book and such a different perspective, a way of looking at it. Like what you said. Like I don't. Like my wife, my wife always kind of not argues with me, but we talk about it. It's like, oh, why do you constantly like, I guess, quote unquote, troll people online with like the things I post and the memes I share? It's just because like 
first of all, I like fucking with people. I enjoy it. I'm gonna be honest about it. But it's also because I I want I want to I want them I want to start a different conversation. That's the whole reason why I started this podcast. That's why I post the things I do. Like I want to hear people out. I'm not here to convince you, right? Like I'm not here to sell you on why the left is better or why the right is better or you know what I mean? And I don't want you to do the same to me. Like I want to be able to hear you out and have that understanding because after Trump leaves in whatever way that is, after Trump leaves we're still going to be here, right? Next one's going to come in and we're still going to be here. Like if we don't have these conversations and accept our differences and understand that it's okay to be different, I don't have to be in lockstep with you. I don't have to, you know what I mean? Throw on a uniform and, and stand in, stand at attention for your king or for whatever. And and that's okay. I feel like that's what will make us a better country and a, and, a, and better citizens because me and you, like me and you, are we've been friends for shit twenty two years, I think. I think we've been friends since like nine yeah, or ten right, years old, right, or, right around there, right? And we we've lost contact, and we, we we reconnect and all that shit. Like your point of views on some things might not be the same as mine, but it I don't give a fuck. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't. It's it's okay. Like it makes you you shouldn't have to agree with somebody a hundred percent of the time, all the time. You get what I mean? Like it's you're gonna dif- you're gonna disagree and, and uh. And dispute and discuss things, and that's all right, man. Like you shouldn't throw yourself so far deep into the echo chamber where if anybody gives you a countering opinion, they're attacking your moral, your moral fiber. Like you shouldn't be stuck. And you said it, I was confused, but you said it. Yeah, you shouldn't agree with someone a hundred percent of the time because that's what's happening now. Because with with the echo chambers, people just completely. Split. I mean, friends, people that you were friends with. And then, what, like, people are served with, yep. and you be with them, and you stay in touch through Facebook and technology, everyone start. you know, I knew that they felt a certain way before, as far as, like, they lean to the right or to the left, but this, this election cycle, like, this last year and a half, has been crazy, because yep. there are people I don't talk to them, yep. because they think it's being attacked, and I'm like, dude, but we served together. Yep. Like, we, we were friends. We were close friends. Yeah. And and I have friends that the same thing has happened to them, and it's just like everyone just split completely one way or the other. Like he, the thing, why are, we, why are we going to like what's this whole? Why are you defending a political? Like at the end of the day, it's people. Yeah. We get to take care of each other. Yeah. Whoever's president, whatever party's in in power, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Because it's it's still it's still people. So I, I don't I don't get it, but. I know that this election, this last election, really uh, caused a divide. And it says, like, people were best of friends, and all of a sudden, best of friends, white, black, or both black, or both white, but lean differently, and all of a sudden, people are not talking to each other. Yeah. Because they just want to hear a reinforcement of their ideas, and people spend their their entire day on on Facebook just reading all this garbage and reading articles that will reinforce what they think and forget that best friend that you've had for 15 years forget that yeah. that's lost and it's and it's weird to me and you're absolutely right like it, it's weird to me where like as far as the criticism is like with this whole thing that happened in niger right any of my any of my right-leaning friends on on social media or anything haven't posted literally anything like nothing except for like one of my friends who's like uh, my like the the right the right version of the troll that i am for the left you know what i mean like he posts dumb shit Yada yada yada, but like as far as like as far as this thing that happened with these soldiers, 
and that I know we got into it a little bit, and we're gonna backtrack to that to what your friend posted. Um, what what bothers me is that none of these people, the same ones who are screaming at the NFL players to you know to stand up and they're disrespecting soldiers and all this stuff, haven't said a word about what Trump seems like he most likely said to the widow of a soldier, right? Like it's 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 weird to me how they how they just completely block that out and act like it didn't happen when this is this is the thing that you're saying that the soldiers are, that the NFL players are disrespecting. You're not even acknowledging it. You know what I mean? Like not even not even in like a post like man, I I really hope he didn't say that except for one of my one of my boys. You know what I mean? He's like yeah, hey, that we're going back and forth on. Yeah, 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 exactly. Like, except for him, like he's. I had conversations with him all the time. I'm actually gonna have him on the podcast here soon. And he's, you know what I mean. He's, he's, a, he's a cop. He's who I talk to about a lot of shit. Like, and we have honest conversations, right? Like about guns and all that type of shit. And it's not things that I, I typically am comfortable hearing, but it's things that I want to hear because I need to know. You know what I mean? Like, I have this like need to, to, to fill that understanding. And he's one of the people that I can have a conversation with and he doesn't back into his echo chamber. You know what I mean? Like, and he said, man, I really hope he didn't, he didn't say this. And if he did, that's really sad and pathetic. You know what I mean? And and it's, let's hope it's not like just a Democrat trying to, trying to get headlines or whatever, which I agree with. That's what I got posted. I was like, man, I hope this isn't true. And now, you know what I mean? The, the, that was my response. I said, you know what? Let me give it time because um, I don't have faith in politicians. Exactly. Um, like the tr- voted for Trump in the first place, but uh, I have even less faith in him. But I don't have faith in politicians, and the fact that they would use something like this, I wouldn't put it beyond them. No, me neither. And but so they, the they most. But but that a congresswoman, I look at her and I'm like, man, she looks like she would do some crazy shit like that. Yeah. But at the same time, it's just like you know what? I don't know. There's not enough information that's been put out. Like the president, it took him, I don't even know what, 13 days to call his wife. Yeah. Uh, they wouldn't acknowledge it in the media. And so I get it. It was a, uh, it was Green Berets. And so there's, there's only so much that they can say about whatever missions that they were working on because it's, it's, you know, Top covert seat. or black yeah. ops, if you want to call it. Yeah. Uh, national security. Uh, but I mean, that statement, I don't know if he, if, he said it that way. He has shown that he, he kind of lacks empathy and just doesn't seem to understand how to talk to people. And he only speaks to people a certain way, no matter the situation. So I'm, I'm me being on the left or moderate or whatever you want to call me, I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt on this or trying to. Right. So here's, uh, here's, so back. but some people, that's the problem. We don't have that. We, people just want to jump to conclusions. So I hope that that's not what he said. But if you know, but I also hope that this congresswoman didn't just go out and. So here's um, where, here's where I yeah, and here so here's where I struggle with believing that that's not what he said, right? Because there's video of him uh, critiquing John McCain for being a soldier who got captured, attacking uh, the uh, Kazir Khan's family, which is a captain who died, who was killed, yeah. who was killed in action. You know what I mean? He attacked his family, so he already in in that sense. He already has a track record of it, right? So I, that's why, like, I can't put it so far past him. We're like, nah, man, he couldn't have said that. Like, he can't be that. Like, almost like, all right, he can't be that stupid, right? Like, he he knows this is a big deal. These four soldiers basically died on his watch, a la Benghazi with Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama. And I know, and I know you wanted to talk about that because that's what your friend posted. But 
Like you can't you can't put yourself in a situation like you can't have a track record of doing that. Right? Like if, if Barack Obama was that terrible of a president as the right wants you to believe I don't, and maybe maybe I had my own blinders. I'm very I'm very honest about my own ignorance at times, but I can't remember a time when uh, Barack Obama just eh I'll put it off. You know what I mean? Or 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 act or said something like that to a widow. I I can't think right. of I can't think of a time. But I also hear from the right how the the news is so very so very left leaning. But this same news was saying. That a fist bump between Barack Obama and Michelle Obama is can be construed as a terrorist fist bump. I don't know if you remember that. Like that was like their second year in office. So they're they, so the views from the right about the media is very skewed. But for the for the people right. for the same people who say, "Oh man, uh, what the what these NFL players are doing is wrong," but then don't even acknowledge these four soldiers who lost their lives in Niger, not to count. The, the countless others that lost, like the people who lost those, the Marines, I think that lost their lives in Yemen in another botched, in another botched mission. Yeah. There's Yemen. You yeah. know what I mean? That again, that nobody talks about, like they don't, they don't bring it up. But when it comes, when they're there, they complain. When I say they, I'm talking about the right, about the celebrities who are hurting their feelings because they're offending, they're offending their president and all this shit. But they're not acknowledging the stuff that's actually happening, you know what I mean, with the soldiers and just acting like it, acting like they straight didn't see that shit, like like this shit is Debo, you know what I mean, like this shit is Debo. Oh oh oh, oh they leave, I, oh they leave, I be talking again, you know what I mean, like you, it, nah man, like I want I want you to be right all the time. If you're gonna be right and stand for the Constitution and all this shit, just be consistent, you know what I mean. Don't don't call out Harvey Weinstein. And ignore Roger Ailes and Bill O'Reilly. Don't call out Bill Clinton. Don't call out Bill Clinton, but shut the fuck up about Bill Cosby. I'm gonna need you to be consistent. If you're gonna be that religious right, that that Christian evangelical right, call it all out. If you're gonna talk shit about Bill Clinton, I'm gonna need you to talk shit about Dennis Haystert and uh, uh Newt Gingrich. You know, I'm gonna need you to call it all out. If you're gonna be that 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 fucking light on top of the hill. I'm gonna need you to call it all out, man. I'm gonna need you to because that's all I'm asking for. Like I've called people out plenty of times. Like my my boy, that's I call the Hispanic white nationalist. Motherfucker changes his name to make himself more palatable, and I said that's right to him. I was like, hey, bro, I remember when you were this, and now you this. When when, when did this change? I think it was a comment on Facebook that I read. <laughs> yeah. Fuck out of here, man. I mean, I'm a, I'm a I'm a I'm a I'm a torch you. I left religion a long time ago, right? Yeah. And nothing. It's not an attack of religion. It just wasn't for me. I, I just know that just like when I when you join the army and you talk about the army values, mm-hmm. you know what? Before and after religion and before the army, I had values. You know, it's the same thing, right? It's just a, being a basic like human being yep. and treating people how they should be treated, right? It's golden rule. Yeah. How you would like to be treated. It's, so, it's not some. It's not some big trick. It's not some fucking. It's not some fucking slogan to live by. Like it's just being a basic human, a basically good human being. That's it, bro. Like it's that's, not being a basic, just a good human being. That's basics, like like one on one of being a human being. Like you don't even have to be like a B student human being. You could be like a C minus human being. That just be an average good human being. That's it. You still pass. Yeah. So from a religious perspective, I look at it from that, like. What, what, 
And, and, you know, the people that say I don't see race, or I, I do, I see race, I see color, I see all of it. Yeah, I've been around all of it. Yeah, you and, have, and, and of course. And I understand people's backgrounds and cultures, and I and understand the struggles that some people had that I never had and never will have. Yep. And even when I try to put myself in those shoes, I, I still never feel it unless I actually went through it. Yeah, you don't ever, like, fully, you don't ever fully comprehend, you don't ever fully comprehend somebody else's struggle, but you can empathize and understand it. I mean, you'll never feel right. the you'll never feel the feelings they'll feel. Like you'll never know what it's like to be a woman to be sexually assaulted. You know what I mean? You there's these things that you'll never know, but you'll empathize for it. And again, it's just being a basic human being. Like it's not it's not asking more of you. It's not asking you to like shed tears. I'm not asking you to shed tears for me or me to shed tears for you. He's like, oh man, fuck that sucks. I'm sorry. Like, is there anything I could do? You know what I mean? Like having a conversation and let people know you care doesn't make you some fucking pussy. Or a snowflake. Like, when did that... Be- when, caring about somebody else, when did that become a bad thing? Caring about your neighbors. Like, what the fuck? When did that become such a, like, a, a damaged thing to where, like, oh, you're friends with... You're friends with a conservative? Yeah, man. He's my cousin. The fuck? Like, this isn't... I'm not gonna... I'm not gonna not love my cousin because he might have voted for Trump. That's stupid. Yeah. But, but that people are losing friendships because of that. It's, it's, and, and I don't, and that part I don't get. You know, but, you know what's what's weird with that, right? So I got a whole little theory that I think that I talk that I talk about it with. I think when I talk about it with you or and my and my wife, like it's almost like an idolization, right? Like they, it's like I voted for Obama twice, but it was never like, oh my God, Obama could do no wrong. Don't you dare criticize him. I have plenty of political policy issues with Barack Obama, Citizens United. Not ever closing, not ever figuring out what the fuck to do with Guantanamo, uh, helping right. out, helping out, helping out Wall Street, co- continuing the war in Iraq and Afghanistan and getting soldiers. I got tons of political issues, but I can't remember a time when he was like, you know what? Hispanics are the real reason why this country is going to shit. They're all rapists. I can't remember a time he goes, you know what? White people are the real threats to society. I can't remember a time where, like, if anything, he was too passive, Right. But at the same time, because if he if he at any time got upset, he'd have he'd get the stigma of the angry black man, right? So it's it, like I, there's something that I talked about yesterday with my step pops that I didn't want to go too much into detail because he has his views and I have mine. You know what I mean? I, it would have been one thing where like we would have got stuck in a circle where it's like, okay, I'm clear, you're clearly not seeing my side, I'm not seeing yours, so it's not even a conversation worth having. But I yeah, it just it, it becomes redundant. Like and, yeah, and no one's moving moving anywhere. You're not moving the conversation yeah, forward. Exactly, you're not moving the conversation forward in any way. It's pushing a brick wall that's been there for thousands of years. All right, cool. That's I'm I'm not gonna get into that conversation. But I like I and I like I asked him was like, when can you remember a time where you were so offensive? And the thing he came up with was, oh, he didn't do anything for the black community. And you know what? I agreed with that because it's even people that I know are like that are black activists and are that are actively in their community, feeding the community, th- giving giving turkeys and doing school drives and all that shit that, th- that nobody talks about, they say it themselves. Like, he didn't acknowledge the real issues that were going on and never had an honest conversation about it. Because for a big reason is because he was arguing against a white old establishment. Right? Like, and that's an uncomfortable conversation to have with people who are used to having it a certain way for centuries. Right, like when when these senators who like their dad was a senator and the dad were, and their grandfather was a senator and their 
their grandfather before that was probably a slave owner and so on and so forth you're you're dealing with a conversation that's way deeper than one person could have fixed in eight years and that's a terrible onus to put on one person he like yo jesus had 33 and he still got killed like like it doesn't you know what I mean? Like no, nobody's perfect. You're never gonna fight off the establishment to that level where you can get it fixed. Establishment is a motherfucker, and that's the right on the right and the left, because the the left is what put Hillary Clinton in and and the attempted power when it should have been Bernie. Yeah. But you know what I mean? That's neither here nor there. But it showed it. That's what got Trump elected. Trump would have lost if it's Bernie. That's just my person. Yeah, or if you know, or if it's, uh, those individuals that once they decided it was going to be Hillary, they said, you know what, we're not, we're not supporting her, yeah. the Bernie supporters. Exactly. So, and so there was no, there was no unified front. There wasn't. It was, a, it, was a fra- it, it was a fractured, terrible, militia-type front that had no the, organization. The, the entire two-party system, I think, is, is, it's great for the people that are in it, but it's not necessarily the best I mean, that's ridiculous. Like, we're the most, are supposed to be the most civilized country in the world, and that's why we, we have a two-party system. Yeah. Well, I, mean, I mean, there's other parties, but, but really, the, the two the two major parties, that, that's what we have. Yeah, that's what we that's have. Every other country every other country's different. Yeah, and then we have, you know, Electoral College, that has been in place because we had the three-fifths conference. Essentially, the Electoral College boils down to uh, southern states being able to to have more of a say because because they lost slavery yeah and they didn't consider you know I'm not going to talk about the three fifths compromise and everything else and that would that that would be another seven hours but yeah um, it it goes the conversation the thing is the people the the thing about President Obama the fact that you didn't agree with some of the things he did and yeah, he didn't really do a lot for the black community, at least not what people thought he would do because of what you mentioned, because he was up against the establishment. What, why, how come you can say that? How come I can say that? Yeah, I, I didn't agree with what he did either. Yeah. And with some of the things he did, uh, he was also the most effective administrator of a police state, which is what this country is. This country is a police state. Yes, it is. Call it the world, whatever you are. But under, under, President Obama, we bombed more people than yep. you know than Walt Bush power. Yep, and and, and, and it's fine. Like I, I talk about it, I'm like, yeah, I, I acknowledge that. So why can't people acknowledge all the crap that Trump is doing? That, that you know what, it, maybe it isn't so savory. Like why can't they just say, yeah, he's fucking up here? Yeah, I just haven't heard that come from that side at all. And I, I don't like I don't understand why they take it so personal, right? Like when right. people when people would post even the most ignorant and racist shit about. Barack Obama's like, oh, he's not really American, and he's not really a citizen, and da 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 da. And all this stuff came from the guy who's president now. I was like, okay, this is stupid, but I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, you know what I mean? I'm gonna just let that slide. Like they can't, like they can't acknowledge a fucking thing, like not, not one. They, they can't criticize him. It's almost like, I, I don't, I don't get it, dude. Like I don't, I'm gonna tell you like this. I don't like one person that much. Where I can't criticize them, you know what I mean? Like there, like there's n- not one person, like family, wife, like I, me, and my wife tell each other honest truths all the time, as I'm sure you and your wife do. Like and these are people we committed our lives to. Like this is a fucking guy who might just be around for four years, 
and you're more loyal to him than anybody to a per- like it's weird to me that they're loyal to a person they've never met like like yo if you fuck up and you did some dumb shit like killed somebody yeah i might help you bury the body and but if if the cops come up to me like hey man it was jonathan i'm not going to jail like i'm like i'm not you know what i mean like they can't criticize him in any way whatsoever like completely turn the blind eye like i'll tell you how bad it is right and it it'll it's almost the root of the issue as to why they can't criticize him is because they watch fox news right i'm just gonna call it what it is so a lot of the hospitals and surgery centers that i go to they'll have fox news playing right in, in the break rooms and stuff like that you know what fox news is still talking about uh this was tuesday i think when the when the thing of niger first really broke you know what they were talking about the tarmac meeting between Bill Clinton and and the Attorney General at the time. What? Yeah, dude, like real shit. Like on some, like on some, you know. And another thing that they talked about why uh, Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton might have been the real connection to Russia. So they're trying to deflect from what's going on right now. Yeah, dude, they don't cover any. Like I didn't see anything about Trump. And I've seen like clips about like what Fox and Friends does, and they said that the right. oh, the the veteran the the soldier should be bl- so happy that the president took time out of their day to call. When the day before they were criticizing, saying, "Yeah, Barack Obama never never called." I'm I'm, I'm sorry. What now? Like that's that's where they get their talking points from. Like if you I guarantee you, bro, if you ever have the stomach to watch Fox News in the morning for about an hour. You can literally see the talking points spewed out from all your right-leaning friends. Like the same shit they say, they'll post about. Yeah, Fox and Friends is essentially like uh, cheerleading squad for Trump. Dude, it's state television. I, I, it's it's RT. It's 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 Trump television, bro. It's terrifying, man. It's terrifying, dude. Where if you like, if you have differing opinions, like me and you have. To them, we're we're criticizing everything about the country. You know what I mean? When this president isn't the country, he's just a, he's a temporary figure, right? right? One one person or one one person doesn't define a country. The people do, but if the people are in lockstep and they can't criticize their president, when two years ago they had no problem saying that a president wasn't even American, it seems kind of weird and and supremely racist to me regardless of what side it comes from right you know i don't know man it's just weird but they really they really i want to get so we'll get into the thing your friend posted real quick but i don't understand why they can't criticize and why they take it so personally for the life of me i can't understand it and i've asked them and i can't get a straight answer oh you're a lefty snowflake all right well that's a stupid title and it's a terrible slogan
and you have your neighbors like what's I'll ask I'll ask them right like I'll like I'll ask my friends that are like hey man so we're 10 11 months in now tell me one thing he's done that you don't like crickets so he's done everything perfect like not <laughs> not not one critique not one mess up nothing not a not a single thing wrong and it's always it's it's always everybody else's fault oh it's the republicans fault because they didn't pass repeal and replace. Okay, so you're cool with repeal and replace. So you're cool with 33, 32 to 35 million people losing health insurance and us being responsible for it through the taxpayers? Oh, but Obama. That, not, that's not the question, man. We're talking about Trump. That's, stay focused. Stay focused on the task at hand. We're talking about Trump. So there's nothing he's done wrong. So you're cool with 35 million people losing health insurance and losing the, the uh, uh, what is it? Uh, what's the word? Uh, pre-existing conditions. You're cool with that? Oh, okay. So, but but you're an all lives matter guy. If you're all lives matter, doesn't that mean you don't and you cool with 35 million people losing your health insurance, which would probably cause most of them to die? Are you still all lives matter? Because it's more nuanced in your way. Of, if you want to get into this real way of thinking, right? It's more nuanced than just being anti-Obama, because your anti-Obama could literally kill people. Your your hatred of this president that literally never did anything to you, but you just felt like he did. Could cost thirty five million people to lose their health insurance, but you're an all lives matter guy. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. It's fucking weird, dude. Yeah, it, it's it's weird. They they contradict each other. Yeah, they do. <laughs> I I like it, and it doesn't. And it's literally two questions, right? Like I could ask him, oh, so he's done nothing wrong, and you're an all lives matter guy. Tell me, tell me how that makes sense. Cause cause I'm a life. Does my, are you saying because I'm a lefty, my life matters less? Cause that you know what I mean, like that's it's weird. So let's get back to the thing that whole started this whole conversation. What did your boy post that got a, a conversation sparked on Facebook about the soldiers in Nigeria? Yeah, so he what he posted was, and I'm not gonna read it verbatim, um, but he posted something. He, every day he posts about things that are going on, and lately with the attacks and what happened in Niger, he's been posting about, you know, the president's lack of empathy and what, you know, if it was taken out of context or not or whatever. And then he starts an entire thread of, like, 100-plus comments, conversation. Like, that's why he posts, not to attack, but to see people that he has friends on both sides right. to see their points of view. Mm-hmm. Like, he, he honestly he wake people up and he wants to learn something. That's right. why he does it. And, and when people start to get, like, sort of, like, attacking one another, like, he'll get in and be like, hey, look, I, 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 put, I put the stuff out there to learn and so we can have a conversation. I get it that most of my, the posts I, I, I put up are, are, are left-leaning, uh, but I'm putting them up from my point of view. Yeah. I'm putting them up to start in a conversation so I can understand what I'm not seeing because I'm seeing it from my point of view. I want to hear something different. Yeah. So when people start, getting, start attacking us, he just, he, he sets it down to, to continue moving the conversation forward. So today he posted, um, I'm not going to post the real issues about what's going on, uh, but there's something that's not being reported on uh, about the attacks uh, in Niger. And one of his friends got on there, and I copied, you know, I copied that first post that his friend put up there. And I haven't found I found a couple of articles. Some on CNN. I think the Young Turks might have talked about this. Yeah. Nothing from Fox. I saw something on Fox, but it was like four paragraphs, and it doesn't talk about these things. Right. So I know you have. I sent it to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
I, I don't want to go through and read it, but essentially, oh my goodness, that's so much, right? It's so yeah. Read it verbatim, dude. Go at it. Okay, so here, this is a copy and paste. So this was, was copied from a friend, and and this stuff right here was actually I'm looking it up, and I see something on CNN that was that popped up like 45 minutes ago. Um, so they're actually starting to report on it. So here's what it says. It says, while everyone is so busy talking about the president's handling of his call to the widow of the soldier killed in Niger, they're all missing the, missing the important part of the story, the part about what happened that night. The story that is emerging is so much worse than anything that happened in Benghazi. But the same GOP Congress that investigated Benghazi with a fury seems to have little or no interest in this story. Here's what we know so far. These soldiers went to a meeting in an area near the border with Mali. This is a well-known hotspot for ISIS activity. Our soldiers were not backed by U.S. military air support. No, they were backed by the French, who were not authorized to intervene or even fire a shot. Our soldiers did not have armored vehicles. They traveled in pickup trucks. I'm going to stop the reading for a second there. So understand that, obviously, these are Green Berets, and they're traveling... They pick up trucks, and and I'm not even sure why we have French support if they're not able to do anything no. on our behalf. But yeah, doesn't make any kind right, of sense. Well, keep... Already doesn't make yeah. any kind of sense. Yeah, it's already. So here we go. Our soldiers were given faulty intel that said it was unlikely that they would meet any hostile forces. Of course, they walked into an ISIS ambush. It was chaotic, and they took three casualties. It took the French 30 minutes to arrive. When they did. They were not authorized to help. So a dozen of our Green Berets fought a battle with more than 50 ISIS fighters without help for 30 minutes. Finally, a rescue helicopter arrived, but it was not a U.S. military helicopter. No. We apparently outsourced that to private contractors. And I think the name of the... I was just reading the name of the private contractor. I can't come up with it. Uh, let me see if I can... Where's this private contract here? Well, that's what we do. We outsource. We outsource all those jobs. But I mean, and that's what we have. We have what is this? The military conflicts, right? Yeah. Billions and billions of dollars, and so um, we don't. We we didn't have a. What is this? Barry Aviation was a private contractor. Okay. Say that one more time. Barry, B-R-R-Y, B-E-R-R-Y, Barry Aviation. Okay. So. So they got there 30 minutes late. Soldiers with no air support. Yeah. So, so here we go. So these contracts landed and loaded the remaining troops, the injured and the dead. These were against really bad. Because they weren't military, they never did a head count. And that's basic, uh, I'm going to stop again, that's basic, like, QRF. Yeah, QRF. Quick reaction force. You got to know who's out there. You got to know what's going on. You can't just have people showing up all willy-nilly because then you don't know who the enemy combatants are. That's just, that's that's military engagement one-on-one. But when you have military contractors who might not have that military training, who are just ex-cops or just people, you know, that didn't have a record and they don't know, they don't know the process of it, that's what you get. Right, and even if they do have that training, it's, it's, a, it's different, right? You're no longer 
a team of brothers. You're just contractors put together and go out there and do your job and come back and you and you collect that paycheck. Cause I, I mean, exactly. It's good. Big money. They're making six figures tax free. So, yep. But so here we go. So that is how Sergeant David Johnson was left behind. That's right. They left him behind. According to the Pentagon, his locator beacon was activated on the battlefield, which indicates that he was alive when they left him there. They recovered his body 48 hours later, but are refusing to say where. So, contractors, we outs- we outsourced. I guess the Xville the Xville team, and they didn't do a basic headcount, and they left him behind, and he was possibly alive when that team got rescued. God damn, man! And his body was found two days later, forty-eight hours later, two days later. So I, I don't even want to imagine what he went through and why they why they couldn't have an open casket funeral because he was mutilated. They found him destroyed. Reading this, man, reading this, it hurts. No, it does. Dude, it, it literally, it it breaks my heart, man. Like, it, I don't even, like, it, it's different, right? Like, people are going to listen to this that, that might have been never soldiers and they're going to feel one way about it, but it's different when you start envisioning, like, your squad when you were active duty, my squad, and knowing that something like that could have happened to one of them. You know what I mean? Somebody I went to basic with, because I lost people who I went to basic with overseas. You know what I mean? I lost people who I was I was in when I was in Hawaii with. And to, to think that something like this can happen, man, and for it to be pushed under... While in the same place, people are crying out for, oh, but what about the troops? And those people don't even acknowledge this. Just makes me honestly more enraged. And it makes me angrier than anything, man. Because this is actually the troops. This isn't a politiz- politicization. I think I said that right. Of uh, yeah, of what the of what the troops are, right? Like this is an actual troop. Uh, three kids now will no longer have a father. Not to count the three others that were killed. No, the a mother lost their son, a father lost his son, an aunt lost their nephew. You know what I mean? If you really break it down, like that loss is never recuperated, even with any kind of money that the military eventually might give your family, right? Because that's right. the that's the other side that nobody ever talks about. You have to fight for that fucking money. You have to fight. For the what is it? The four hundred thousand that the four fifty yeah, SGLI. Yeah, you have to fight for that shit. It should be, it, it should be given not to not because maybe not the same day because it'll be like this is what your son's life is worth. But that should be a check in the mail immediately, because that's the part that that's the part that bothers me about the whole defense spending. Right, that that maybe one percent of that goes to the actual people on the ground. Goes to the actual soldiers, goes to the goes to the actual grunts, or whatever the fuck the air and whatever the fuck the air force calls their guys, like the it, very little of that goes to any of them. That all goes to the defense contractors and the people building and the people building planes and all that shit. But a soldier loses his life, and twelve days later, 
eventually we got to hear about this shit. You know what I mean? It's it's sickening to me, bro, and it makes me. <sighs> and I mean, look, I said it earlier. It, it's the military complex. Uh, it's a business. It's a corporation. Yep. Uh, even if it's not one on paper, that's what it is. You know, uh, the defense budget is the largest by far. Our defense and, budget uh, is bigger than most countries' entire budget. You know, our defense spending is 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 it's crazy. And but don't get me wrong, I I I'm, I'm still no, yeah, but it's I understand what you're gonna a, yeah, but it's it's a it's a different situation now, right? Because it's not like you're you're doing something and still and still and still helping. Like it's not a situation where like you're taking food out of their mouths. You know what I mean? Like. It's it's not like you're the lowest. No, I mean, I'm, I'm it's not. No. I'm supporting you yeah, it's a, exactly. You're not. You're not. You're not. You're not the government finding the lowest bidder to make a, uh fucking tank armor or right. Humvee armor. You know what I mean? That's the part. Like all that money, they're still finding the lowest bidder for all that shit. When when it should be, they should. Cause look, man, we're always gonna have. The honesty of it all, right? We're always gonna have soldiers who die, right? That's that's always gonna happen if you're ever if you're in a forever conflict. But if they don't have the best of everything, your your numbers are higher than they should be. You know what I mean? Like any life lost is a terrible life, with, without a doubt. And I'm not and I'm not belittling that in any way. But when you're giving them the worst, the 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 least possible, because you're saving a buck. Then don't give me your American flag as your icon on your Facebook. When you don't, when you don't really look into what that American flag means, don't don't give me your oh this thoughts and prayers for this soldier. When you don't, when you don't know what we know, like if you're gonna give me thoughts and prayers for the soldier, take five minutes, read a couple articles, and find out how it really is. You know what I mean? There's things we can say now because we're not active duty. But when we were active duty, there's things we could never say. We couldn't make these criticisms. Like my little my little brother, right? You know what I mean? My little brother's active duty right now. And there's things he can't talk about for various reasons. And I've had him on the show. You know what I mean? And there's things he can't ever say. And given there, because there's things you just can't. But it's when you look at it now, there's this type of shit should never happen, man. Like giving, giving money to mechanical robot companies to build that shit when they can't give the right armored vehicles to soldiers going to a place that you should, you should treat every, like as going back to what you said about them going on, like pickup trucks, you should treat every mission. Like you might not, ba- you might not make it back. So overpack, right? You shouldn't, you should never go out into a place where that is a known ISIS stronghold and pickup trucks. Yeah. That should never. Because, you know, they, these guys were, were meeting with, I think, tribal or community leaders, whatever their, this meeting was. And I'm sure they, they they were trying to blend in as much as possible. So I don't know if the pickup trucks was something out of necessity because they didn't have the, you know, the equipment. Right. Which, you know, on, 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 on the whole, uh, those types of units usually have uh, their own type of funding, special funding. Yeah. Uh, 
have the money to get the things they need. So I don't know if it was if it was because they were lacking the funding, because you know they were trying to blend in. Yeah, and, trying and, to and trying to draw attention. The reason I had pickup trucks was probably because with the bad intel that they got, they they got intel that they were told that you're not going to encounter anything. So taking the pickup trucks was a safe bet. True. It's not. It's not. If it's not a bad decision, because yeah, you're right. Oh man, it's just fucked up. But it's just. I mean, where where that really came into play was like when you know when war kicked off in Iraq, and we still had Humvees that weren't up armored. You know what I mean? Yeah. People, soldiers had to up armor them with whatever they had. Yeah. Like that's. Yep. And and we we went to war anyway, you know. And I was in college at the time, and eventually I I, I left, and then I enlisted. Yeah. Um, but this is crazy, man. Like I I graduated with guys that um they I went off to college for a little bit, and some of them went straight into the army. Eleven Bravo, one of them I know for sure went in as an eleven Bravo, uh, right around the time when the war was kicking off. And he had, I think, two deployments in four years, got out, but he didn't come back the same. No, you don't. He just, he just didn't. Um, and I had a friend that I was in basic training with, and she, I, you know, I, I met her in basic. I met her husband. He was a Marine uh, when we were going through basic. And, um, and a year later, he was blown up, uh, he and his team, and he didn't come back. Mm-hmm. Uh, IED, Iraq. And, you know, he left his wife and his two kids and, um, you know, the vehicle, whether it was, you know, would, would he have survived, whether it was properly up armored or not, I don't know. But, you know, being what it was, he didn't send a chance. And that's what we sent our soldiers and our, our troops into. Yep. Um, it's just, it's, it's just, uh, difficult. This story right here, like, uh. You know, it's one of the comments or one of the, the what he said in here was it's it's Benghazi on steroids. Yeah. But talk about it. And I know everyone wants to politicize things, so obviously the the whole thing with Hillary Clinton and Benghazi uh being on her watch and, 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 and you know taking the blame for it or people blaming her for it. But not I you don't hear anything, it's just it's just, no, it's, it's I don't. Our, yeah, I don't hear anything. Um, it's trained administration, and it's you know it's a GOP control, controlled Congress and a Republican president, and everyone got what they wanted, and um, I don't hear anything. And it's not about politicizing it, even though it's going to be. But um, but that's but that's but that needs to come out. But that's the weird thing about it, right? Is that these are the let's just call it, these are the hypocrites that preach constitution americans tro- you know, americans first soldiers are everything or uh, the military is everything because soldiers are just army you know Amer- uh, military is everything yada 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 but when this happens crickets they should be the ones leading the charges we can't let this happen again we're not sure what happened we should look into it you know what i mean nothing uh, nothing complete deflection complete silence talking about when the GOP media, which is Fox News, talking about Hillary, uh, Bill Clinton and Loretta Lynch is meeting on the tarmac 14 months ago is what's more, it's what's important. Then you're showing me your true colors. Yeah. 
You know what I mean? No, absolutely. And, and I'm still, I just refreshed and did another search and there's nothing. Like CNN has that, that, that post that I, that I sent you over text. Yeah. CNN has a breakdown on, on it. Uh, you know, this is what some of the reasons or this is what, what they know so far. And, you know, it reports about Senator McCain uh, because of, I guess, the nature of the, the, the mission. Yeah. That they may need to get a subpoena to, to find out what happened. And I, I, like, I, I understand why nothing was mentioned before publicly because, um, you know, Green Berets, such a force, and so there's, there's a different... Um, there's a different level of uh, clearance that goes with them. You can't, you know, you still have those teams on the ground. These guys aren't, you know, they don't deploy in, in divisions and they deploy in small teams. Yeah. So if you still have a small industry out there, like they, they, you couldn't report this right away to, to make sure you got all your people out. But, but now that it's coming out, like I, I don't see it. I just see something on CNN, something on NBC. And like I said, the Young Turks mentioned it, I think. Yeah. Uh, but nothing. Fox just mentioned four paragraphs and from where to see if anyone starts reporting it. Because I mean, it's true. Um, you think about it, it's the same thing that happened with Yemen, right? We, yeah. There's not much that was mentioned about Yemen. Like, we had to do a deep dive ourselves to find out about it. That wasn't on any news. All that was covered was Trump's tweets. And when he gave the State of the Union speech and they did like an applause for her. For the for the widow, like that's that's it. Like I don't I don't. There wasn't mentioned after that. There was a tax on. I forget her name. The former DNC chair, and Keith something. Pelosi. No, not no. not Pelosi. It was a congresswoman. About DNC chair. Okay, I don't know. Yeah. The um, uh, whatever her name is. Who cares? But like yeah. they people made a big deal about the fact that they sat. And they sat because they actually knew what happened in Yemen, and they weren't gonna, you know what I mean? They weren't gonna applaud it just for just for the 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 spec of it. So it's 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 disgusting, man. It's terrible. All right, uh, enough of that depressing shit. So Golden State and Cleveland again. It's a terrible segue, but there's no way to jump off that conversation to go into anything else. Yeah, which Golden State on one? They lost to Houston. They lost to Houston by a point. Uh, Cleveland's, yeah. I think, one and zero. I think they play again tomorrow night, and it's weird, right? Because every the, all their games are nationally televised, and Cleveland will be on the opening game, and then Golden State will be at the on the nightcap. Like I think they play on ESPN again. Cleveland plays tomorrow, and then Golden State plays like in that night game. So the NBA knows what it is. Like there's there's no way it's not Golden State and Cleveland again. Yeah, I mean, barring any injury, I don't see how it would. Yeah. And Boston is already out. That uh, that's what we. I think you mentioned to me you wanted to talk about, right? A few days ago, you're like, "Hey, you want to talk about this horrific injury Jesus and some politics on the side?" That's a little bit more palatable. I think that yeah. <laughs> as bad as the injury was, that would be a better topic. It's weird, right? When it's the one of the worst NBA injuries or injuries period. Besides that, I think that Willis McGahee injury was pretty terrible back in '02. Watching when I saw that, I went back and I looked up the uh, the kid from Louisville when he broke his foot and he landed on it. Yeah. Back in the CAA's a few yeah. years ago. Yeah. Was, yeah, like I, I don't know why I'm pro- I, I watch discussing stuff like that, but no, I you're fucking weirdo. The ah, the Sean Livingston injury is pretty terrible. Uh, Sean Livingston, who was Sean Livingston, 
I mean, he's 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 a hell of a ball player. Yeah. To to come back to come back from that to come back from that one, he could have been not to put it, but he could have been Chris Paul with height, right? Like if if he never destroys yeah, his he, knee, with, he could have been that he could have been that great. He was on that track to be to be that because he came out, he was young, and uh, he had a jumper. I mean, the guy was the guy was serious, and his knee goes out, and that's that's it. I remember the Heat were the first team that gave him a chance, that brought him back into the league, and now he's a two-time NBA champion, which is incredible. Yeah. That Gordon Hayward I mean, injury, though, like, is terrible. You need some time. It's not like he's just there taking up a spot. Yeah. The guy balls. The guy balls out, yeah. For him, for him to – he backs up a one – probably – I mean, it's going to go down – <clears throat> it's a weird place to rate Steph Curry, <clears throat> right? Because he plays the one, but he's probably the best shooter of all time with the second best shooter of all time on his team. So it's a very weird place. Like, I don't, I'm not exact because he's, he's a one, but he's going to go down as the, as the greatest three point shooter in the history of the NBA. Yeah. He's already there. Yeah. He's already there. He like, he already, he's Christian Pulisic, right? Like, if, like Ray Ray Allen was the shit, but Steph Curry does it to a different level. To pull up from thirty off a dribble is something we've never seen before. The fact that he makes them on that—I mean, obviously he takes more attempts than most people. But the yeah. fact that he makes them, or it makes it, it makes it seem like he makes them on a regular basis, that's yeah. ridiculous to me. Yeah. And and so he and he and uh, who was his name? Clay Thompson. Yeah, Clay. There you go. Uh, <laughs> he and Clay, they're both streaky shooters, except that, you know, Steph is, like, more consistent. You know, yeah. he did. But Clay will go into, like, a like a bad funk, and it'll last. You yeah. know, it happened to Steph, too, last year, but, I mean, Clay, but, it's just like... But Clay can, can, all, can, but Clay Thompson can also give you a 38-point quarter. No, and, gee, that's the craziness of that guy. He'll go through... Stretches in the season where it seems like he's never played basketball in his life. Like he just pulled him off like some soccer team in yep. Europe, yep. and he just stuck in the basketball court. And he's like, "What? What do I do now?" Yep. And then he'll put up twenty-five points in a quarter, yep. or he'll give you, and he'll like a, uh, uh, he'll do that in a couple of games within a week or two. Yeah, it was like thirty-five points here and twenty-something points there, and he's got these extremes. Because he does, I mean, he does. Uh, he does kind of look like a guy who could play for Juventus, right? He looks like... He's more he, consistent than not, though. Huh? Clay is more consistent than not. He just has, a, he has more peaks and valleys. Yeah. Than, than, uh, which is... I, 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 don't, I, don't, I, know, I haven't figured that out. Maybe that's just the rhythm of the NBA, but like, someone shoots that well, and I, I remember a year ago or two years ago, um, they're talking about Clay possibly... Being a better shooter mechanics wise than than Steph. Yeah, well, that, because they're they, shooting and all that. They, well, they're 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 mixing, they're they're like parceling it right. Like Steph Steph's the greatest shooter, period. Like mechanically, yes, he's Clay Thompson is more Ray Allen, but Clay right. Thompson can't cross over Kyrie Irving, step back from thirty drain it and walk away and then walk into a timeout like clay thompson can't do that clay thompson can can spot up and not really jump and barely hit the net from three 
and and from thirty because he's made him from back there. I'm not saying he can't do that, but he's not Steph Curry. Nobody is Steph no. Curry. Just like nobody, like nobody's LeBron. Go ahead. I said, and just there's nobody like Steph Curry. Just and well, I guess Kevin Durant to a certain extent, right? KD can do that. So, and he's seven two or some shit with that seven eight wingspan, but it's it's terrifying. Like I don't see anybody beating Golden State. No, but I mean, and, and the last three years that Steph has had. Because that's what I thought. I was like, man. I mean, KD can do can do it all. He can score from anywhere. Dude, he, he, why doesn't he just stay behind the three point line and just put up jumpers? He's gonna shoot like fifty percent behind the line. Yeah. And then Steph does what he does the last three years. Yeah. And you forget and you forget about KD. Yeah. Because that's you kind of forget it, but you realize, oh shit, this dude is seven two. Yeah. And he can score from anywhere, and he can he can shoot threes. And he can stuff. dunk on and he can dunk on you, and he can play defense. People, it's so terrible. It's how terrible. It's the little man thing, though, right? It's because it looks cooler when the little man does it. Cause KD could do exactly the same shit that Steph Curry can do. Exactly, pull up from thirty, thirty-five, off the dribble, off balance, fade away. Has no no reason why he should make it. Drills it in. Like that pull up that he did in games, and then game five. Yeah. Against LeBron, like that's that shouldn't happen. <laughs> That shouldn't happen. Like, no, no man should be able to do that. But it, he did it with ease, and that's it's, yeah, it's almost it's almost like um you you give him more credit, right? Like you see LeBron, and you're like, well, LeBron is supposed to do that. Look at that dude; he's 270 yeah. pounds with muscle. Yeah, that's that's what he's supposed to do. Yeah. if he doesn't do it on play, then you hold that against him. Yeah, where Steph. You know, for NBA standards, he's smaller, he's leaner, he whatever. He had his ankle issues. All that stuff goes into it. And you're like, oh crap! Look at what this guy can do. That's the weird thing about that too, right? That's the weird thing about it is, is that Steph Steph had ankle issues his first like three years in the league, and we had no idea what he was gonna be. And they gave him the extension. We're like, man, I don't know. And then he became back then he was he was he was okay when he played, but had no idea he'd become this. No idea. No, no, he could shoot. Like I remember watching him at Davidson, and he could shoot. Obviously, he got coverage because he was Bill's yeah. Curry son. Yeah. But, but I was like, oh man, this dude, he, he can, he can shoot. From, he can light it up. Yeah. And uh, then he had the ankle injuries, and Golden State made the best move they could ever make, which was they they let go of uh, Monte Ellis. Yeah. And I don't know who else. But my Monte Ellis was like, are they are they doing the right thing? This dude is super athletic. He he can jump out of the gym. What are they doing? And um, Steph Curry. I know they're glad they did. I know they're glad they let that dude go. Yeah, Monte Ellis isn't even in the league now. No way. He was. He was here last year, wasn't he? Yeah, last year is a long time ago, so he's not in there now. He's what? not. Yeah, he's not in the league now. That was last year, wasn't he? I thought he was. He had a solid year. I think I forgot who he played with, but yeah, he's not in there anymore, bro. I didn't think we'd bring up Monte Ellis in this two-hour podcast. But we damn sure did. Monta- I mean, you brought up you brought up Golden State. Yeah. You can't bring Golden State and like, cause you know back when Mark Jackson was coaching them. Yeah. And and they had this explosive team and uh, I can't believe Monte Ellis is in the league anymore. He's not in the league no more, bro. Yeah. That's that's some crazy shit. That's how that's how quick the league can take it. 
that just move on, which is weird because I think he's a solid player for the NBA game. That is now that whole wide open thing, but it's crazy, man. Yeah, this 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 got way deeper than I thought it was going to, man. That 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 Niger. It's a very tricky word to say if you don't want to fuck around Niger. and say Niger, right? Yeah. <laughs> if you if you don't want if you don't want to say it in a weird way, so you want to make sure you pronounce the G as a J. It's a very it's a much more comfortable way of saying it. Well, my brother, appreciate having you on the show, uh, man. You want to make sure you say the I as an I. Yeah, Niger. Niger. That's how I'm going to say Niger. Niger? I guess you can say Niger. Just don't just don't go guh with that G. And then you got, you might get some fist to your face. I'm going to say it, with, yeah. say, say it around the wrong people. Man, that was crazy. Oh. <laughs> that, was, that was good stuff. Oh, Hey, I'm, I'm glad the U.S. men's soccer team didn't make it to the World Cup. I know that hurts your feelings. First of all, I'm, I'm, I'm still recording, that. and that's going on the podcast, so fuck you for saying something like that. But they, de- you know what? They deserve not going, though. They deserve I not. But I, I know it hurts, but I, it, it's, it's, it should be an eye-opening experience. When I said it to you, it's like this election. Like, it should open people's eyes to what's really going on. Yeah. Same thing with U.S. men's soccer. Like, I, I wouldn't. They, 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 I w- they showed up. Patriot TNT, like they like they belong, like yep. they had already qualified, and they had their asses handed to them. Yeah, and, by um, by the bro, you know the you know the fucked up thing was about that TNT game, like that wasn't even their best players. That was like their third squad, and that's who they lost to. That I did not know. That makes that makes it that much more worse. Yeah, bro, like, they didn't even play their big time. Like they had players who play for that shitty league here in the Amer- here in America, the MLS. Dude, they didn't even have their MLS players play. They had, like, their local boys play. Like, the dudes that just fuck around and kick the ball around probably in the parking lot or some shit. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it was, that's so much worse than people think it was, man. And I'm not as deep into U.S. soccer as you are following the under-17s. Dude, watch. Uh, if, you, if, to- if, if you're not going out of town, if you're, if you're, if you're not going out of town this weekend... Watch that game. I think it's on FS2 or FS1. And they play... I can't fucking remember for the life of me who they play. But I know it's a good team because they're in the quarterfinals. So it's like the round of 16, I think. And... Right? Because it goes quarters and semis. So it's the round of eight. My bad. So they're in the they're in the final eight. Just like they were in the U20s. Dude. Okay, and so they're in, they're in the final eight. Yeah, they're in the final eight again. Because they were in the final eight in the U20s. And they lost to Colombia. Which Colombia ended up going to the finals and lost to Germany because you know fucking Germany. And yeah. dude, and do me a favor after you after this after this recording, watch watch the highlights of the last game, and look for look they're gonna show a kid uh, Timothy Weah right, Tim Weah yeah. his his dad is a Ballon d'Or winner he plays for PSG. Uh, he plays for the PSG academy, and watch those three goals that he scores, and it's the best three goals you'll see. All year from a from a men's national team player at any age. It's it's ridiculous, bro. It's absolutely ridiculous. I'm All t- right, I'm gonna have to look at it. I looked them up already, so I have them here ready to go once we get we get done with this. All right, my brother. But, but I have. What are you gonna say? If, if, if these guys are as good as as you say they are, these young kids. Uh, maybe. Uh, three or four years from now when the qualifiers start again, I think... Um, they should, I'm telling you, bro, they should just... 
They should just play these boys. That there's there's a dude that, like I'm so there's a dude that plays for Schalke in Germany. Uh, I can't Weston McKinney, right midfielder, 18 years old. He starts for Schalke. Tyler Adams plays for like the New York Red Bulls. I think he's like 18, 19, midfielder, uh-huh. fucking beast. Like there's this goalie Jesse Gonzalez that it just did a one-time switch from Mexico to the U.S. 18 years old. I think he plays for Dallas, well, FC Dallas, whatever that is. 18 years old can be is the future. There's this Mexican Mexican American kid that plays for the Liga MX, Liga MX. Uh, Jonathan Gonzalez, midfielder, serious. Like we got some young boys, man, that are really good. I'm telling you, these things next four years, they should call up just the best of those players and bring in a new crop for those under 17s and under 20s. And just let them play, man. Because the next four years don't mean shit, right? For the most part. The ne- especially the right. next two. The next two, there's nothing. Because there's no World Cup. I think there's a a Gold Cup the following year. And I think there's like a, a Mer- or Confederations Cup or some shit. Or Bowl Cup or something in South America. We, uh-huh. we should play in because we need to play those type of teams. We can't be playing CONCACAF teams only, bro. We need to know who's really out there. Because that'll, that'll push up our level of talent and what we need to do. So yeah, those color ball teams, South American teams, will really put them. Yeah, give them a challenge. Yeah, exactly. Like we, you yeah, saw, like you saw that game a couple years ago when they played Argentina. They Argentina beat the shit out of the U.S. just with Messi. Like it was like four nothing, and they were all tappings. So they they yeah. need they need the that's who they need to play against, man. Playing against these soft teams and playing in this soft ass league that is the MLS is something that they don't need to do again, at all. So they need to figure this shit out, man. I didn't know. I didn't think yeah. we we bookend it with fuck you. Fuck the national team, and they need to go young. To they really need to go young at the end of it. And pancake then was some terrible shit about soldiers. But that's just the way a podcast goes, man. It's a two hour conversation, bro. And I'm shutting off. I'm shutting off my phone after this because I don't want to talk to anybody else. I'm done. I'm done for the day. I'm retiring, and I gotta be up at five o'clock anyway. <sighs> All right, my brother. Always appreciate it, man. All right, man. Thanks for having me on. All right, man. Always. Thanks for listening to the Man Chatter Podcast with your host as always, Ben Borges. Till next time, peace.